Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, December 4th, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. Wow. What a weekend. I told you all. This past weekend was going to be great, that there were four amazing events. It was back to back to back to back from like 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time to around 1 a.m. Eastern time. It was amazing. Golly, do we have a lot to discuss on today's show. And it's a super stacked show after a supremely stacked weekend and a very entertaining one at that in the world of combat sports. And, you know, every time I say December 4th, there are certain dates in – in my mind, like just sort of ingrained in my brain, that when I say them, I go back to a different time. And December 4th is at the top of the list. For some reason, I don't know why, December, I think it was 3rd, I went to one of my first MMA award shows. I think it was the 3rd or the 2nd. Pretty sure it was the 3rd. And then I flew, and then there was a tough finale event on that Saturday. And I said, to hell with that. I'm going to St. Louis to go to Strike Force St. Louis. It was Strike Force Henderson versus Babalu 2, which may have been one of the best Strike Force main cards in history. This is the one where Mauro Ronaldo once famously said, uh, who wants some KOs for Christmas? Remember that? It was Henderson Babalu. That ended first round knockout. Dan Henderson wins. Paul Daly, Scott Smith, one of the most vicious knockouts in MMA history, first round knockout. Antonio Silva, TKO'd Mike Kyle in the second round. And one of my favorite knockouts in Strikeforce and MMA history, Robbie Lawler, Matt Linlin. Robbie Lawler, Matt Linlin. Robbie Lawler, Melvin Manhoof. Paul Daly, Scott Smith. Three of my favorite knockouts of all time. The last four fights on this card were all the most vicious knockouts you have ever seen. If you've never watched this card before, and there were some names like Patrick Cummins on the prelims, Justin Lawrence on the prelims, OSP, Open the main card against Benji Raddick. December 4th, 2010, 13 years ago. What a card it was this past weekend. What a Saturday it was. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to get into all of it. We've got a lot to discuss with seven top-tier guests. A lot of people said this is an old-school show. If it was an old-school show, it would be 13 or so. You know, around these parts, we just call it Monday, and I am psyched to get into it all. Oh, my God. I am pumped up. Very excited about today's program very excited to get into it all with all of you. As always, the show is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with the code THEMMAHOUR because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com 
for details. Also, want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at Cash App. Hmm. Mm, all right. Everything, everything okay, Frank? You know what? Um, yeah. When I saw Frank this morning, he's like, are you okay? Your voice sounds a little off. Anyway, Frank, you're great. You Literally looking great? up the fantasy sports versus the sports book. You know what Turn else is off. great? Perks are great, Frank, okay? Perks are great, but they always come with a cost, right? Nope. With Cash App, you can get the best of both worlds. Discounts and offers for free. What kind of perks? How about discounts on your favorite retailers or pre-sales to concerts and so much more? Well, it can't solve all your problems. Cash App can make your money go further. All with no hidden fees. That's money. That's Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play and start collecting those perks today. Also, today's show brought to you by our good friends over at BetterHelp. More from them later on in the program. What are we doing today? Back into the show, we'll check in with the guys, see how the parlay went, see how their picks went, GC's picks in particular. Prior to that, we're going to be joined by Michael Chandler. Yes, you may have heard of Mr. Michael Chandler, Strike Force veteran, Bellator veteran, on the cusp of a massive fight against one Conor McGregor. He has a few things to discuss. He'll join us. At 4 o'clock. How about Armin Sarukian? How about what he did to Benil Dariush, one of the best lightweights in the world, on Saturday in Austin in the main event? There I am, sitting down with my son, Walter. He stayed up late with me, and I said, well, we're about to watch two of the best lightweights in the world. Fight ends in like 60 seconds. And he's like, that's it? That's all that happened? I thought it was a knee. The internet disagreed upon a million reviews later. In the end, though, it does seem like the knee, some, the combo of the knee to the right hand was that quick, whatever it was, knocked out Benil Dariush, now very much a player in the best or second best division in the UFC. It's either 155 or 135 and more on that division in a moment. So he'll join us at 3.30. Dan Hooker was supposed to fight on this card. Unfortunately, suffered an injury. He was supposed to fight uh, in the co-main event against Bobby Green. You all know what happened. He got hurt. Jalen Turner entered, knocked out Bobby Green, and ended up being one of the worst stoppages in the history of the UFC. We'll talk about that on today's show. Absolutely mortified watching that. I called it criminal. I stand by it. That was a lifeless body on the mat for about 12 seconds, taking unnecessary damage. Thank God Bobby up seemed to be okay, but you never know with something like that. What the referee, Kerry Hatley, was looking at, he's right there. He's literally standing above both of them as Jalen Turner, which this sucks because it takes away a little bit from what should be a great story. It should all be about Jalen Turner, right? He takes this fight on like eight days' notice. He has to cut all this weight. He beats the vet who was on fire as of late. And, and what are we talking about? We're talking about an egregiously disgusting travesty of a stoppage like what in the world that thing went on in my opinion 12 seconds too long if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt 10 seconds too long and you know what you know it's you know it's the worst part nothing will happen absolutely nothing will happen people still focused on Mazagati and mario yamasaki we need to start looking at some of these horrible calls and that's at the top of the list um anyway dan hooker was supposed to fight he's not fighting or he didn't fight he's going to join us at three at 230 misha tate who looked fantastic in her return to 135, is going to join us. What a win over Julia Avila. And, uh, you know, just one of the OGs of the game, one of the pioneers, one of the trailblazers of women's MMA. She's going to join us at 1230, excuse me, 230. 
at 205. Davison Figueredo, Deutschtegera, making his bantamweight debut. Woo, did he look good. Moving up to 135. Against Rob Font, tough out. Davison Figueredo, a player in the best weight class in MMA. It's 35 or 55. Take your pick. I personally think 35. May not have the sexier names. Talent-wise, it is as deep as can be. And uh, that was great to see. Sean Brady returned as well. Got a massive submission win over Kelvin Gaslam, the former title contender. Sean Brady has not fought since October of last year, and he lost to Bilal Muhammad. Looked great in his return. We'll talk to him at 140. And in about two or three minutes' time, Platinum Mike Perry, who may have been the star of the weekend, is going to join us. So this is how it all went down. Start my Saturday afternoon. I was kind of alone with my kids over the weekend, so I was bouncing all over the place. When, you, when your kids get to a certain point, 10, 11, 12, that range, you're pretty much just a chauffeur for the entire weekend, all their activities, all their events, all that stuff. And that's what I was. With pleasure, it was great. But come four-ish, we were starting to get locked in. Mick Conlon loses to Jordan Gill in Belfast. Shocking result. What was so good about the weekend was everything kind of flowed into each other. There was hardly any overlap. When I wanted to watch something, it was for the most part, you know, no distractions, I'm locked in. So first we had that card and the somewhat shocking loss, big favorite, McConnell loses. Then we transition over to the UFC and it's just an incredible card from top to bottom. As we said, it was one of the best fight nights uh, on paper and it delivered. Uh, it was just, it was, it was, every time they go to Austin these days, it seems like the cards delivered. So that was a lot of fun. Headlined by Armin Sarukian. The whole main card was fun. There were some great performances on the undercard. Uh, enjoyed it thoroughly. Once that was done, we transitioned over to Ryan Garcia in Houston in his fight against Oscar Duarte, his first fight back since the Tank Davis loss back in April. A lot of people critical of Ryan Garcia, as they usually are. I was totally fine with the performance. He, he wins via stoppage in the eighth. Uh, he looked solid. Yes, there were some moments where it's like, okay, what exactly is he doing here? The shoulder roll, the moving away from the opponent, all that stuff. But again, remember... First loss, he's coming off of that. First time with Derek James. You know, there's a lot to prove here. He's trying to, you know, reinvent himself at 140 and trying to get back on track. Uh, you know, the guy, give, give the guy a break. Give the guy a break, in my opinion. So I was impressed with it. And then that ends. And then I go into BKFC. It's a fun time, headlined by the King of Violence, inaugural title fight. Eddie Alvarez, Mike Perry, everyone buzzing about this fight all weekend long. In the end, it only lasts two rounds, four minutes total. In the end, Mike Perry, as he has been known to do in the BKFC world, he is the face of not only that promotion, but that entire sport. He's had quite an incredible run since leaving the UFC. He wins the title. He wins after the corner stops the fight. It's a remarkable thing to watch him compete in that sport. If there was ever a guy who was born for something, Mike Perry was born for bare-knuckle fighting. And now we wonder, who's next? You have to think he has set himself up for a massive 2024. He is still in Utah. He's about to go home. He's kind enough to join us. There was only one way to properly start today's show, and that's with the star of the weekend. Platinum Mike Perry, there he is. Hello, Mike. How are you? You look fantastic. The swelling has gone down. You look great. Yeah, what's up, my brother? It's good to be here, man. It's good to talk to you. Uh, congratulations on the win. How do you feel 
48 hours, less than 48, 36 hours removed from that fight. I feel great. I was listening to what you were saying about Ryan Garcia cutting my break. You know, he. I saw some post, some boxer was saying, uh, Ryan did it in eight, I could have done it in two. And I'm like, you know, with, with McGregor easily picked Eddie apart in the boxing, but you got to take in the aspect that like Eddie learned from that and and he knew he was coming into a boxing fight and he prepared for it properly and he had he had this one guy on his team that I'm assuming was a sparring partner, a sparring partner, and he said he sparred with heavyweights and he hit them and hurt them with shots and uh his the the guy on his team looked like Canelo's twin and uh we were making jokes about that and what I was gonna say was, you know, Connor picked him apart but and I, you know, I got hit a few times. I kind of let myself get into some action there, but I did it faster. Connor did it in like seven and a half minutes. I did it in four. Yes, so. it was very impressive. <laughs> uh, what were you thinking after that first round? Because I, I thought he won the first round, and I think your corner did as well, and the broadcast as well. What were you thinking, and what was going on in that first round? Why was he having so but, much success? Shout out to Coach JT. Uh, my coach from Technique Boxing, um, he got my brain thinking. You know, um, I think with like, so the size uh, discrepancy with Luke Rockhold and me, I was a little smaller. I was a little able to be faster and dodge some shots. And um, uh, I warmed up, I think, a lot harder on the walkout for Luke Rockhold, they like made me walk really slow and I shadow boxed really hard. And uh, my warmups were kind of up and down on this one. Like I would get hot and like, I felt really powerful. And I mean, I brought the pressure and the, the reason I was getting touched is because he was like poking me with like pokey shots, like jabs. And, uh, but they had no, they had no real power. Um, compared to what I hit him with. And I know the angles weren't great on the shots that I landed. Like, you know, like, like, look at that oh, one. Dang. That's the, whatever I hit him with, with this one, that had to be the one that really damaged him up. Um, I did land some devastating shots and, you know, like I broke Luke's face. I broke Eddie's face, you know, and, and that's what boxing is. It's not just, it doesn't have to just be perfect, clean, like dodge and touch and point, especially not in bare knuckle. Like I bring it, man. I bring the show. I'm kind of glad it went the way it went because if it, if it was just easy, easy, like, cause it was easy. Like I was having fun in there. So, um, if it was just like over right away, people would have been like, ah, Eddie was washed, but Eddie came in at 39 years old probably his best self ever and i and he went up against the best platinum mike perry and and um i brought the pressure and and i know i had to take some shots but that in a way was kind of my game plan because i knew that if i just kept putting that pressure like i watched some breakdowns of my fights last night on youtube and it was mighty mouse and he broke down the mvp fight and he broke down um he broke down maybe the loop. I don't know. He broke down another one. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, 
it was it was um it was really cool to watch those breakdowns from him and he's seen you know what it was that I do successful like because I'm just no fear you know I just he kept talking about how I just closed that gap like I don't leave a gap open and I'm not I'm not sitting on the outside trying to figure things out like I'm bringing it to you I'm getting in your face and that's gonna demoralize 99% of competition and with that being said, 99%, and it's like, you know, all respect to the guy. I'm sure maybe you saw my tweet um, yesterday. I, I know that he's out, too, and he did uh, – people did remind me that he said, you know, he doesn't do the bare knuckle because his hands are so torn up. Like, I get it. I get it, but um, – he also said, you know, if he did it, it would be like a one of one because he might tear his hands up on my face for sure. And I have the utmost respect for Jorge Masvidal. That's kind of why that call out, that name has never happened. I did see him at his promotion at a fight and and we talked about it. I was I was a little bit drunk and I was like, you know, Man, the people would really love to see us, dude. Like, all love, and we make a bag for the family, and and it's all just for the sport, you know. And like, I want, and obviously he's done, and he's already done these great things, and that's that's where I see. I grew up watching him and Kimbo and and stuff on YouTube, so it's like I grew up and I seen him, and it's like obviously. Who's the only other person that's not in BKFC but has experience in bare knuckle boxing that would be a mega fight with the, all the all the stuff I the, all the light shining on me right now I can you know match his superstardom with this coming with this that I got going on right now and that's why I called that one out I know Pettis said he was interested I mean these are Super interesting matchups, and I know it's going to be a little while. I mean, this is going to take like six weeks to heal. Um, but you know, I'm just trying to get my trying to get the wheels rolling. Here. Yes, yeah, I know you. You covered like ten different topics, and that that was my first question, by the way. And we went all the way uh, to what's next. So thank you for this. Is this is because you're such a great podcast host now? Like you know how it works. You're just kind of doing the job for me. Uh, other than that finger, any serious injuries on the face? No, man, these are, um, the doctors were like, oh, these are just a little bit of flesh wounds. Like, I didn't even have many stitches, and uh, they put dissolving stitches in, so uh, they didn't have to use, like, super strong stuff. And it was just, like, surface damage, and um, that's the difference, you know what I mean? It's like, in in boxing, the guy who is landing the more powerful, significant strikes, sometimes it can look one way, like one guy's pointing really good and he's sharp. How long can you keep that up? And then you got the other guy who is trying to land devastating shots, is willing to put himself in the fire in order to land. I said, you know, with Helen Yee, I was like, you know, I'm trying to put this thing inside of you, bro. I'm trying to penetrate you, bro. And, and you know, his corner had to make a smart decision because we're talking life or death. 
in that third round. We're talking life or death in that third round. His, he's got a smashed orbital bone, and they let him go back out, and I hit him again. That's that's very scary. Yeah. Uh, no. Thankfully, they 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 made the right call and they uh, they pulled the plug. Did you did you did you notice that his face was busted up? Like, did you think that they were going to stop it going into the third? Because you seemed a little bit upset in the moment. No, I was just standing there waiting. I was like, what's going on? What's taking so long? And then I saw his coach do that. And I was like, damn, again? You wanted Two more. Rounds. You wanted more. I did. I did want more. Yeah. I wanted more. That's kind of the gift and the curse of these. Like, they, they happen speed of light, but it's a four-minute fight in the end. And I feel like when you go to the back, even though you're – you know, a little bit banged up. Do you still feel like you need to get some stuff out of you? Like, do you, do you go back and shadow box? No. Um, I guess uh, my post-fight speech was, you know, pretty pretty adrenaline-filled. Uh, I tried to – I was only yelling. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, speaking of which, my son, you know, I yeah. calmed the yelling down when I had him in my arms and – I've seen that some people might think some kind of way about that, but like, you know, it's a, it's a family affair and like I get to be able to bring my son. I was so happy and proud to be able to have my son up there. And that's something that he'll get to see later in life and, and he'll really get to enjoy that. You know, there's worse things happening to some kids out there. So, uh, yeah, it was hard. He was crying. Were you able to, calm him down in the back like does he understand how old is he he's like four dude, he's always crying okay. dude. <laughs> he was just crying in the shower and we're like do you want to get out of the shower and he's like no he just wants to sit in the shower and just cry and scream and that's what he does dude he's just a big ball of emotions and you know you give him some candy or like some chocolate dude he just starts crying okay screaming that's a baby. That's a, that's what a baby does, you know? And there was nowhere safer for him to be than in my arms. And, you know, I had him, you know what I mean? And he calmed down when I told him I loved him. And I loved that I got to see that. And I finally, finally did it, man. I finally got a belt. Look at that. I finally got a belt. I, I brought my, I finally brought my son, you know, my daughter was there and, I didn't get to hold her up, but, you know, I mean, she probably would have liked it a little more than my son. The Odyssey is, she's a little wild girl. She's a wild thing. I love it. I saw your post-fight press conference. It seemed like people were coming at you in the post-fight press conference, left and right. Like, you were having to, you know, duck and and and, and get out of the way of all these. That, 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 to me, like, I get it to a degree, but I also feel like... Not the time or the place, right? I mean, like you just want. Well, why is everyone trying? Like, there's a time and place for that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you should be fielding that type of stuff in a press conference. These guys are hungry. They, they, you know, they don't want to listen to the noise. That is, you know, it is true that, you know, you don't have enough attention to earn this opportunity um, right now, at least, and. Um, but what I am grateful for is the actual possible best bare knuckle fighter on the planet did show me great love and respect after the fact, uh, the juggernaut 
Lorenzo Hunt, he was like, you know, he told me some things that made me, you know, I get it. Like, he was like, man, my dad, my dad wouldn't have been happy with me with that performance. But at the same time, and I'm like, yeah, I get it, dude. I, but, you know, my coach was pissed that I was letting him get off on me when I didn't have to. But it is what it is. Like, I bring it, dude. And I want to wear you down even if my face is beating up your hands and then my hands beat up your face. Like it's, I love every part of it. So, and I'm grateful for it. That's why it's so intense. Cause I know what I'm getting myself into. And, um, he also said like, no, I'm the king of violence. And that was an amazing show. And he, he loved every moment of it. And I like the juggernaut a lot. I respect him a lot and I'm going to work with him. After this fight, I mean, he's trying to get that heavyweight title fight. So he would be the first triple champ of all time because he had been the 185, he's the 205 or the whatever the next weight class is. I don't know if it's 195 or 205. I don't know. And then the heavyweight, he wants that heavyweight fight. Uh, unfortunately, Big Ben and Todd Duffy didn't get to fight. Even Big Ben's calling. Big Ben Rothwell wants that BKFC belt. And... You know, if I was going to fight for a BKFC belt, I would want it to be the 185 belt. Um, I do like Jared Warren. Uh, He recently fought in England against the UK 185 champion. And um, he, he easily beat him. And I wrote him and he was like, yeah, it was a lot easier than I expected it to be. Like I got... He's, I don't know if he said I got he got lucky or something. Like it just it just worked out for him. And I like that guy. He carries himself well. He's clean cut. He dresses in a suit. And um, you know, we need to get him some attention because he carries himself like a champion. And if I was going to unify something like this with the that type of belt, that's the belt that I would want to go after, the 185. I thought I had a lot of power there. I have the power that the big guys have. And then when they're a little bigger than me, I have the movement that maybe Eddie Alvarez had. You know what I'm saying? So, Did you see what just happened there? You, if, did, you did a thumbs up and then the screen did a thumbs up emoji too. Did you see that? That was wild. I I did kind of see something <laughs> flicker over there. I'm not sure what happened. That was amazing. But. Try it again. Try it again. Do a thumbs up. Do a thumbs up. Let's see. Come on. It just popped up like a bubble. It was amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what just happened. Look at you. You're defying everything. Can I ask you a question? You ever sit back sometimes when you're in bed or, I don't know, driving and say, man, what would my life be if I was still in the UFC compared to what your life is like now? Like I said, like if anyone was ever born for something, I feel like you were born for this, what you are doing right now. It's amazing to see just this hand fit perfectly in this glove. But you ever think and say, like, what if this never materialized and I was just fighting in the UFC doing what I was doing before? Do you ever, do you ever let your mind go there? No. Um, I do think one day that I, I could be such a, a draw... I know everyone was watching. I know there was a big uh, millions of people tuned into that. So, you know, if I'm the draw or whatever, back in the day, now that's the difference, right? When the Fertitas owned it, these guys, Rampage, Chuck, Vandalay, Vitor, back and forth. Right. Different. They went, they just wanted the biggest fights. That's what the world wanted. And it's so beautiful with Bare Knuckle. And I love it because 
I know, like, I know how to do damage here that counts. You know, you got to make it count. And that's the difference is Eddie was doing points and I was, I was trying to hurt him bad and I made it count, you know, and um, he literally could not continue. So, you know, I want these guys, and that's that's the thing too, is these guys are, they're like, fuck, I don't know. I don't want to go over there and do that. Damn right. You better be scared because if you come in here with me, this is my world. So I'd be happy to fight anyone over here in bare knuckle fighting. Um, Dylan Dennis was calling me out. Yeah, what do you uh, make of that? I appreciate the... Um, the attention that he could bring to it. I mean, to my belt that he brought, he's like, shit, I like the King. I like the King of violence title and belt that name that, and he brought some attention to it because, um, you know, so do you think he actually wants to do it? Do you think he's sincere? I don't know. I don't know. It's once an offer hits his table, you know, and, and David Feldman's no joke. You know, what do you say to Connor? He's like, dude, I'll give you any amount of money you want. And probably same thing goes for a Masvidal and for maybe a little bit for a Dylan Dennis. <laughs> maybe not any amount of money you want, but, and I don't know because, you know, Logan outboxing pretty good. I mean, he showed his toughness. Obviously, Dylan was tough because he got hit and he never stopped putting pressure and trying to come after him, but he he didn't really he wasn't able I mean he had the gloves on so maybe it was a little different if it was bare knuckle would Logan been able to take the shots I don't know but if he is interested um if if and then he would start talking that vulgar stuff to me and get billions of views on social media for people to talk about our fight and that the whole world would want to watch I mean I'm down for that. That's the thing. It's like, as the king of violence, it's so fitting, is it not? That it's me. Oh yeah. That I'm. It's, it's perfect. so fitting. Because I'm, I am a, I am a humble man. I'm a warrior. I love to battle. Uh, I can get gruesome and nasty, but at the same time, I'm a family man, and I'm, I'm just here for entertainment and the sport, and like I want to leave a great legacy, and like. And if you're going to get in there, why try to, you know, not dive into all of it, both sides, yeah, offense and defense, like, you know, just getting hit, defending. I started slipping shots in the second. You know, my coach got me thinking of, when we were talking, he's like, angle. He said, bring that up jab because I saw him say he was ducking my shots. And then I adjusted to that in the second and started making him duck right into my left uppercut or left up jab and, um, you know, just close the show. Uh, so I think the Masvidal one is interesting, um, but he may have plans already. And I don't know, you know, ultimately, as he has said regarding BK, uh, I don't know if he ultimately signs up. I'm not sure about Pettis as well. I know he's fighting karate combat next week. So let's see what happens there. Can I offer you two names that you haven't mentioned that I think are actually potentially more realistic than those two, including Dylan Dennis? Because I'm not sure if Dylan wants to actually be a BK fighter. Uh, the first one is, you, you didn't mention him, 
but he's sort of flying out there, floating as a free agent with no ties to anyone, Nathan Diaz. What about Mike Perry versus Nathan Diaz? Maybe not in a BK fight, but in a boxing match. Is this of any interest to you? Sure, right? Why'd you, why'd you hesitate sure. there? Why did you hesitate? Because I want I want to fight bare knuckles. Okay, all right, fair enough. I love it. So, I do love it. And and at the same time, I'm still interested in to maybe put a boxing glove on and and Nate boxed Jake and it didn't go his way. So a fight with me maybe definitely makes sense. Um, I would love to fight a Nathan Diaz, um, you know, but, you know, I think I win that. So... The Masvidal fight is intriguing because he can hurt me bad, I think. Mm. And that's what gets me up in the morning. That's what makes me work. You know, I want a guy, I, you know, and it's hard too because a fight like Eddie Alvarez, a little bit I was underestimating him and I knew he was going to be fast. That's what it was. Like I was surprised my jab wasn't able to land like I thought it was going to. And then I was like, I, well, I expected this. In my head, I never said it out loud, but in my head, I was like, I'm not underestimating you. I know who you are. I know that you're going to bring it and you're going to be fast and you better be on your fucking P's and Q's because you know I'm bringing it. And then I, you know, that's the thing with me is I got Eddie up out of bed. He was like, I better work. I better work because Mike's not playing no games here. And, you know, so... I, that's that's one side of it is like you can underestimate a guy and that makes them even more dangerous when they know that they need to be worried about you and so um but we know Masvidal has some of the most killer moves out there yeah um okay that's, that's why fair. i said that you know so so the the Who next else? the next one i was going to mention but your answer for the first Robbie one Robbie Lawler <sighs> Robbie Lawler would be nuts, but uh, well, I wasn't going to say Robbie Lawler. I was going to say Jake Paul because you were about to fight his brother. But if you don't want to box, that one gets ruled out. You've just kind of been circling him for a long time, and I mean, we could, we could just because, you know, look, look what, look at the punches I can take without gloves. You think you're going to hurt me with gloves on? No chance. But then, and, and the damage that I did without gloves. Obviously, a glove is going to reduce that damage that I'm able to give. But I think I still break him down. My pressure wears on people. I'm like, you have, you, you see those 500-pound heavy bags hanging up in gyms? Mm -hmm. That's me. 500-pound <laughs> heavy bag. I'm just walking you down, but I hit you back. You know what I'm saying? Like, And if you dodge... You can only dodge for so long, especially in bare knuckle, because, like, you can't dodge me all day because I'll just throw whatever to make sure something catches you and cuts you and, and hurts you. So, obviously, but that's the thing, right? It's like I'm, I'm up top because these guys are afraid to do no gloves. Mm, yeah. They really are afraid. And I'm like, well, come test yourself. I mean... And it's good to be afraid. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. 
I want to be afraid when I'm about to fight because it's going to make me do even better. So, like, you know, be a man. That's what I was saying. My first act as king is, you know, men got to stand up. Like, grow some balls, dude. So I'm the guy. I'm the money fight. And it's it's because BKFC. It's because the show they put on. It's because the promotion they're doing. They're killing it with me. We're killing it together. Yeah. But if the biggest fight out there is a fight that just needs to get made with gloves on, of course I would do it. No, that we, would be a no. This is your lane. Play date. This is your lane. Darren Till has been talking a lot about you since Saturday, but again, he has also said that he doesn't want to do bare knuckle, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of these options are getting ruled out. Pussy. <laughs> you think, Cheeky puss. Do you think you could convince him? That would be so great. That fight, that build up. Would Wouldn't be, that be great? That's I the one. Oh my gosh. He needs a, but even a guy like him, you know, I would want him to have like a a, a tryout, a practice shot. Nah, um, screw that. Don't, some him, guy to beat up. Nah, let him jump right in. Why? So he goes in there and doesn't like it, and then we lose the. What would we? There's no. It's like a what five if he goes year in there? What if he goes? But I'm saying to go in there and have your first one. That's what. Like I was excited about Eddie because he had the experience in it. He fought a fast, sure, beefy Chad Mendez, but Chad Mendez was a quitter. In that fight, he did break down, and he just he just didn't want that sixth round. I think they would have gave them a sixth round, but Chad didn't want it, so they gave it to Eddie. Chad was done. You know what I mean? So, I I want to. And I learned a lot from my first one, and I would want no excuses. I guess, I mean, if I go out and fight like I did on Saturday, they, I leave no excuses. You can't say Eddie Alvarez was old and washed up. He was smart. He was in prime of his life, 39 years old. And I say that because we've seen guys who I've always looked up to, Yoel Romero, Dan, Dan Henderson, 47 years old, Anderson Silva, 47 years old. These guys were prime at 47 years old. Still slapping fools up. Yeah. I'll throw one more your way. This one just came across my desk here from uh, my colleague Shaheen. What about Paul Semtex Daly? Yeah. That one, could you imagine that left he hand? He retired like he retired a while ago. But well, I'm trying I mean, to find guys who aren't contractually obligated to be fighting for yeah. other promotions, you know, free agents, so to speak. Right, right. And, uh, I mean, does it necessarily have to work that way? Like, none of it, these promotions can collab at all if we're talking 50 million people? Like, who doesn't? I mean, they did it with Mayweather and McGregor at the UFC. So what's the dream? Um, what's the dream fight? If if anyone would co-promote, you get to pick one guy right now. Dream fight, no restrictions. Masvidal's a dream fight. All right. If he if he believes, because you know, I think what he said about his hands was just a way of saying, you make that check big enough, mm. oh, and I'll strengthen I'll strengthen my knuckles and go back to my roots. These are his roots. He is. In history, the original bare knuckle street fighter guy. Yeah, and he's a killer. We've seen him literally kill people in MMA, 
and it's not wrestling. You know what I mean? I'm not going to try to strategize a way through. And it's all out of respect. I like Masvidal. I would like to say that we are friends. Um, I'm just trying to think of the biggest fight. And it's that one because we're both dangerous. Um, and if not that one, the Darren Till one, I am trying to make that one. Come on, I am Darren. trying to make Come that on, one. Darren. If, no restrictions if we got to meet in the middle on some if we got to meet in the middle on some things, we're working on that. There's there's talks being had behind closed doors for that one. Um and he's much bigger than I am, so I got to go back up. I got to put some weight on. Me and Eddie were getting stitches together. He was on his table, I was on mine. We were talking, you know. That's something I'll never forget. I'll never forget that. What'd you say? Sitting there talking. Um, I asked him why. Why didn't he come out? He said he thought maybe his orbital was broken. Um, I said, oh, man. Um, I said, you know what? I didn't knock you down. Like I kept saying, you know, right. how many times are you going to get up? He didn't let me knock him down. He goes, you didn't? I don't know. He's like, I wouldn't even have known if you did. Um, and what else did we talk about, man? I don't know. We were talking about some shit. Oh, he asked me, he said, how much did you weigh tonight? Mm. I weighed, I weighed 184 with my shoes on. I only put, I only put on, I mean, I, I did get up to like 190 the the day of weigh-ins, but sleeping preparing the next day i was with my stuff on they set me on a scale right before i walked out 184 i told eddie I, he because he said that he expected me to be like 195 and i was like dude i dieted for over a month for this my physique looked incredible i was super proud of myself which my manager hit me and was like stay in shape but not for a fight so your boy might be a little bit of a star now. Uh-huh. I might have something. I might be going to do something that I've always wanted, that What's we that? all want to do. What's that? What's that? I might be in a movie, man. Damn. Which which movie? Can you tell us about it? I can't. Okay, I can't. fair enough, fair enough. I, I might know. already be in trouble for saying Okay, that, don't but... say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Um, well, look, the world is your oyster now. And that's why I said, before I even knew any of this, setting up for a huge 2024. So very happy for you. Uh, congratulations on the win. Congrats on everything that you are doing. Uh, it's been an incredible year. Fun to see you out there in Manchester. Uh, you and Idris Virgo going toe-to-toe. Maybe he's willing to come over to Bare Knuckle. Who knows? And uh, proud to say that I'm going to be on your uh, your show over there. The uh, the Overdogs Podcast. That. Yeah, shout out to the Overdogs Podcast, Kim Pie Pandas. Yeah. We will have the one and only Ariel Hawani on there tomorrow. Stay tuned for that. Super happy to have him because he doesn't do other people's show. Only the king of violence. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. That's what I said. Uh, just I'll I'll tell you off air my Venmo account where to you know send the money for the uh, the interview because I do <laughs> charge for my appearances. Uh, thanks for doing this, Mike. Safe travels home, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Congrats again. Damn, I got to start charging. Yeah, peace out. There he is. There he is, Mike Perry, kind enough to join us. Fantastic win for him on Saturday. He was uh, one of the stars of the weekend, if not the star, in the sense that it seemed like anytime I posted anything about that fight, 
it exploded. So it was a tough night for one of Philly's own, Eddie Alvarez, but it was a great night for another Philly product. Sean Brady, we had not seen him in action since October of last year, 2022, uh, came all the way back 13 months later, and what a win over Kelvin Gaslam. A third-round Kimura submission bullied him, outmuscled him, and eventually submitted him in the third round. Let's go back to the Zoom machine and say hello to the victorious Sean Brady. Sean, congrats, my man. Welcome back. How are you? What? I'm I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm doing great. Man, how good did that feel? Year off, coming off your first pro loss, to get a win like that over a name like that? Can you describe? I don't think there's uh, any words that can describe it, man. It was, uh, it was a rough year. Lost a fight. Injuries. Had to pull out of my Jack Della fight. Only getting one fight in that year. Um, having to sit on that year and know that it wasn't the best me, obviously, back in Abu Dhabi. And just I couldn't wait to get out there and prove to everybody and really show everyone what we already know about me that when I'm mentally and physically there, nobody can beat me in the world. And uh, I think one of the best Sean Brady's ever showed up Saturday night. And I, uh, yeah, I showed out. Why did you have to pull out of the Jack Della fight? So I got a, um, I got a, it wasn't staffed. It was, it was my wife sitting right here. She's a nurse. It was some kind of strep that got into my elbow and I was in the hospital for a week. So I had to be on IV antibiotics and, um, yeah, I had like a bad bursa sac and my, my elbow was huge. So it was like, uh, similar to when I, um, had to pull out of the Kevin Lee fight. So Kevin pulled out of our fight. They've rescheduled us. And then I got a staph infection in my ankle where I actually had to have surgery on that. So that shit messed me up for, for months. I had a pick line in my arm. So, but yeah, so I had to pull out of the Jack fight, but yeah, we're here now. I got the big win and um, it couldn't have went any better, man. The fight week, we had Dean Thomas there with us. It was a, I got a, I just got an amazing team and it went, it went amazing. By the way, I like you a lot. I'm very happy for you wearing the Eagles shirt a week after they beat my bills. Uh, cheated, dare I say, in that game. I mean, all kinds of cheat. It's a bit of a low blow, bro. I mean, really? Listen, you have to rub that in? I was thinking about you during that game. My wife and my best friend and his wife were at the game. And oh. uh, I, that was the, the, I was actually, I was sawing at my house. I was watching the game in the sauna. When, when we hit that 61-yarder, I was like, this is going to be the, cra- this is the craziest game ever. It was, it was, a, it was a wild game. There was, there was some stuff going on there on both sides, but we got smacked yesterday, so yes. I'm sure you were happy about that. Rightfully but. so. You're, you're, you guys are way too cocky. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the Eagles fans. Way too cocky. <laughs> we are. Listen, either they, either you love us because you're one of us, or you hate us because you're not one of no, us. No, listen, so. it's a, it's been a great run for Philly sports, you know, making it just to the championship game, but always losing, yeah. never getting the big one. So, <laughs> you know, it's nice to be the bridesmaid sometimes, you know? The Phillies, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Phillies were crazy because I was in training camp and the games were going until like yeah. 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm not saying I want them to lose, but I can't keep <laughs> playing up this way. Like, it's, it's killing me. No, nah, we're doing all right over here. Ten, we're 10 and 2. yeah. I'm jealous. I, I wish Billy's I was 10 and 2. Right. I wish the Bills were yeah. 10 and 2. Um, what were you feeling on fight week? Considering, you know, you, you had to bounce back in a big way. The division yeah. kind of moves on with or without yeah. anyone. And you're fighting yeah. a guy who's back at 170 who looked great, who looked great in his last fight. Were, yeah. you, were you feeling the nerves? No. Nah, uh, I mean, I, that's one thing I've been talking about all week is 
I did a lot of mental work. You know, I hired uh, Brian Kane. He's a mental coach. He worked with GSP, worked with Rich Franklin, and worked with all kinds of guys. And then I started working with another guy, uh, Brandon Epstein. So I've been doing a lot of a lot of mental training over the last year. You know, and um, yeah, just really focusing on just being present and knowing that this is what I choose to do. You know, um, I haven't had a fight week like that since before before COVID. You know, Abu Dhabi was weird. Like. My team was there, but they were everyone was all fucked up because the travel. Like it was just not a normal fight week. Um, so before before COVID, like Boston and Virginia were my debut in my next fight. I had my whole team there. Like everything just felt great. And this week felt like that, but ten times better. We had an Airbnb. We had fifteen people there. I had coaches, teammates. My parents were there. My wife was there. My best friend was there. So I had my whole squad there. And it just couldn't have gone any smoother. My weight cut was the easiest weight cut I've ever had in my life. Like it, nothing could have went better. And then even the fight, like the fight was way easier than I thought it was going to be. I trained so hard for that fight going in there against Kelvin. Like if you look at his resume and the people he's knocked out and the way he's knocked them out, the UFC's putting his highlight reels on of him starching Bisbing and knocking all these guys out and People are telling me in the comments I'm going to get knocked out. So I had a lot riding going into that fight. But I knew as long as I was present and my mind was there, which it was, I was going to fucking do exactly what I did. And it, it felt great. By the way, is this is this the first time that you've worked with uh, a, a mental coach? And, and why yeah. two? Um, just because I feel like like we just we work so much on our physical, but the mind is such a powerful thing. And um yeah, I just feel like I had a lot to work on and just being I have all the skills, I have all the physical attributes, but sometimes I just don't believe in myself the way I should and I should should believe in my skills and we just worked on that a lot and really just believing in myself and knowing how good I am and I truly think I'm one of the best in the world and everyone around me and anyone who's ever trained with me knows that and they say it. So, I had to start believing it and now I believe it. And I think it showed Saturday night what I'm capable of. And and why do you need two? So I started working with Brian Kane, and then I when I signed with Vayner Sports, they had the guy Brandon, and I started to work with him a little bit. And they're just they just do two different things. Like, uh, yeah, they're they're both great um, at what they do, but they both do different things for me. If that um, okay. if that makes sense. Did, did the did the loss to Bilal did it? Did it shake your confidence? Did it mess you up? Was that part of the reason as well? No, I think the loss was because I wasn't confident. You ah, know, um, okay. I, I went into that fight and like the whole week of the fight, I was having dreams that I was going to lose the fight. And it was something I never dealt with before. And I couldn't like shake it. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't get my mind to go back to being confident. And even during the fight, I thought I'd lost the first round. I went back and I watched the fight and I did a lot better than I thought I did, but I just couldn't get myself back into a winning mindset, you know, even like when I got robbed, when he hit me, uh, instead of throwing back and doing something, I was kind of just covering up and I kind of just lost all my confidence because things weren't going my way. I didn't get dropped. I didn't get knocked out. I just didn't do anything where as if, if, if I was the way I am now, it would have been completely different. And obviously when we fight again, it's going to be completely different, but I'm truly happy it happened to me because it made me the best version of myself. And now I know that it's okay that to lose. Whereas before I was undefeated. I thought if I lost my whole world would be over, mm. it, everything would end and it's not real. And instead of focusing on the outcome this week, I just went in there going like, 
this is what I fucking do. And I want to be here and I'm just going to go out there and fight and whatever happens, happens. It, I, I can't control that. All I can control is how I feel going into it and just doing what I do. And that's exactly what happened. And, and first time fighting as a married man, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Does that change anything? Dude, my wife has been with me since my last amateur fight. You know, she's been with me since I was 20 years old. My last wow. amateur fight, we met, we've been dating since then. She's been there from then on, you know, um, all the wins, the one loss, fighting in fucking AC, fighting in Philly, then the UFC. So she's been there through it all. And um, yeah, she's my biggest support system and she's ride or die. If I win, lose, if all this goes away tomorrow, she's going to be there for me. So, um, yeah, just like how Eddie talks about his wife all the time. I, I look up to Eddie a lot and I look up to him and his family and, um, his wife has been there for him since day one. And that's how Kristen's been there for me. That is great to hear. Um, what was up with those fans in Austin, man? F you Brady. Well, where was the hate coming from? Is it cause you were, I don't understand that. Why, why so much animosity? <laughs> Because their boy was getting wrapped up, you know. They're, they're listen. He's a Mex. He's a yeah. Kelvin's Mexican. We're in. We're in Texas. Like my coach. My coach is Puerto Rican. He's told me all week. He's like, yo. He's like, the Mexicans going to be coming for you this week. He was like, so just be ready. And during the fight, while I'm doing what I'm doing to him, he was like, they're only fucking booing you because you're doing you're 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 doing their boy dirty. So that's why afterwards I let them know. But I love Texas. Te that was my first time being there. It's an awesome state. Awesome uh, city. So I think I got some support afterwards, but, uh, yeah, I heard the booze during it, but I also heard the commentary team talking me up during the fight and everyone was super impressed. So it doesn't really matter what anybody sure. else says. Wait, you My peers, listen, fighters and the people in the space, they know how good I am and they all talk, say good things about me. So I don't, whatever anyone else says doesn't really matter. And, and to be clear, did you hear the commentators during the actual fight, or you mean when you watched it afterwards? During the fight. Oh, really? Uh, at one point, I took, Kelvin, I took him down, and I heard DC just just saying, like, how high-level my grappling was during the, uh, wow. literally during the fight. So, yeah, it, it was cool. That's great for the confidence. What about the sub? Uh, did you think that there was a chance that he was going to fight through that? I mean, it looked like, it looked excruciating to, to watch, and it seemed like maybe he was going to try to fight it, but I was like, please just tap. This is too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had it. That's um, that's one of my, my go-tos, the Kimura, and um, I knew once, like, my hands were locked. It was getting to a certain point. Either he was going to tap or his shoulder was going to break, and I'm breaking that shoulder. So I don't must. My bad. What happened? Somebody's at my, <laughs> somebody's at my door. Oh. My dog's uh, Oh, my yes, dog's, yes. Uh, that happens. He's yeah. a serial killer. But uh, no, so I knew either his shoulder was breaking or he was tapping. And as soon as I, when you're in there and you feel somebody tap and they quit and you know it's over, there's nothing like it. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the best moment ever. So it worked out perfect. It must have felt amazing after this past year, especially, right? You've had a bunch of wins, but this one, it just got to feel different coming off your first pro loss. Biggest one, too. You know, if you look at Kelvin's record, Guys only lost to the best guys in the world. Takes yeah. Izzy to a split decision, almost beats him, you know, um, has had multiple main events. He's been doing this forever, and he has a huge name now. He's coming back down to 170. It almost felt like, yeah, I was coming back, but a lot of people were talking about, oh, it's the return of Kelvin at Kelvin at 170. He's going to be a champ. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And I shut it all down. Do you feel somewhat, maybe not now, but like leading into this, did you feel somewhat like the forgotten man at 170 because it had been so long? Yeah, for sure. And like you said, 
you're not fighting, the division's moving on. Um, and there was a lot of stuff going on at 170. So guys, guys were moving, and then I get matched up with Kelvin, who's not even a, a 70 pounder. But I feel like that fight did more for me than a lot of other fights would have done. Oh, so yeah. I, I think my stock goes through the roof, whether my ranking moves or not. I don't really care about that. I'm in the top 10. And um, yeah, I feel like now everyone was reminded of who I am. So uh, I love the call out after you mentioned Ian Gary. Do you think in your heart of hearts, Ian wins next weekend, not this weekend, next weekend, that they would consider yeah. matching you up with him? I think so. Um, I was asking for him before this fight. Uh, we have like we're both managed by Lloyd and Boehner, yeah. and Lloyd knows I want that fight. Um, I was originally supposed to be fighting Luke, a, and then he stole my ah. he stole my uh, he stole my opponent. So and then I got matched up with Kelvin. So yeah, but I think it would make sense. Um, I don't know. It, I don't know how he would like it stylistically. He he knows what's going. Like he's smart. Like he knows who's a good matchup for him, who's a bad matchup, and I think I'm a bad matchup for him. So. But I'm hoping he's seeing all this that I'm saying, and I hope that uh, I hope it gets back to him, and I hope he knows that I want to fight him. You know, it's not, and I'm not like I don't like talking shit or anything like that. But the he, shit he's done to Neil Magny in the in the past with the talking about beating the kids and yeah. putting Neil in a bed. Neil just came out recently and said like clippings of it were being brought in the court, and like he's getting put in a bad spot because of it with his family. So um, yeah, he's. And then he's talking about suing fighters and doing all this stuff, and he's just rubbed me the wrong way. So um, I'd love to get in there and, and get into a fight with him. There, there seems to be like this sort of uh, groundswell of negativity towards him in the community from fighters. I'm not talking about the yeah. fan. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Because I think he's doing it to himself. You know, he's doing all the stuff with the. I I get it. Like I had my, one of my best friends was out there like follow me with the camera, doing certain stuff. Like we have to post on social media. We have to do all that. But he's bringing these cameras into these gyms that he, like he's going in the renegade with these guys and trying to film them and doing it at kill cliff and talking about knocking out sparring partners and releasing footage of hurting people and just doing the weirdest shit. Like your team's supposed to be your family. Like I, I was already down my gym today, went and seen, we had guys fight over the weekend and I went in and congratulated them, did my positive, podcast see my coach like those guys are my family and he just bounces around and goes to all these different gyms and it seems like he's always just causing trouble and um i just don't like it and i feel like real fighters like me and real teams they don't like that shit either like henry hoofed and those guys like, they're an amazing team and i i'm a fan of them um eddie alvarez was down there years ago and i've always seen them and they always seem like they're a super tight-knit group and it just seems like ian kind of rubbed all them guys the wrong way too like i know brendan allen i know he, he, brendan came out and said like yo you're talking about knocking people out in the gym and doing all this stuff but we got footage of you getting knocked out so mm. you you won't like a taste of your own medicine and um yeah i just think the real ones don't like that shit do you think luke a beats him i personally do mm. i don't think he gets past luke a but if he does okay and that's and even with Luke, like that's still like that's still a fight that I like. I think me and Luke would make perfect sense. The winner, whoever wins the fight, but the difference between me and that, like I respect Luke. Me and Luke talked a bunch before this fight because we thought we were going to get matched up. And um, I respect Luke as a fighter. I respect what he's done in his career, and I would love to to fight him and test myself against him. Ian's a completely different story. Yeah, he's a good fighter. I don't think he's all he thinks he like. He thinks he's fucking. God's gift to the earth. Like he walks around, like he is the man. He does all this stuff where I don't think he's, I don't think he's what he think he is. And I think, uh, I think I can exploit all of his weaknesses.
By the way, same weight class, of course, Leon Colby uh, that night. Who do you have? I have Col- oh, I have Colby. Yeah. Well, I have Colby. Uh, and just because I'm, I feel like something I'm trying to support. I feel like Americans don't support their own. You know, okay. I feel like all these other countries, like we have guys from uh, Uzbekistan in our gym. These guys fight. They go, our, our teammate Nurse Sultan, he took a fight on short notice. He's from Uzbekistan. He went home and met like his president yeah. and had like parade and all this. I come home like, <laughs> <laughs> like people don't give, Philly don't get like, we don't, we don't support our own the way we should. So I'm trying to support all Americans no matter what. And I do think Colby can get it done outside of the cringy stuff he does. He's a really good fighter. I know people who know him personally and they say in the gym, he's a great fighter and he's a really good person outside of the gimmicks. So I hope he gets it done. By the way, has, uh, we had Joe Piper on the show last week. Uh, has, has he rubbed it in that he got to a main event before you? No, yeah, he hasn't. It's, Joey's Joey they they like Joey and Joey's doing all the right things and he's getting pushed to right me and Joey are two completely different people I was with him we were doing our podcast this morning I love Joey to death but uh yeah I'm happy I'm super happy for him I did a, I did the post fight interview I'm like I'm like yo you guys are giving out fucking main events to Joey Piper I'm like let me get one of them damn but I'm super happy for Joey and uh I knew that this was all going to come for him and our whole team's doing great, man. We're we're a small team yeah. from Philly, and we're all. He was out there with me all all fight week, and um, I'll be there for him. I couldn't be there for him his last fight because I was sick as a dog, but I'll be there for him February tenth. What's the podcast called? Uh it's called it's it's, it's Steady Picks MMA. Uh, it's most we do it for a, a betting web. Okay. It's not a betting website. It's a picks, so they do picks. So it's called Steady Picks. But it's me, Joey, and our boy Kurt, and uh, yeah, it's called Steady Picks. Okay. So we had uh, we had Randy Brown on there recently, who's come down and trained with us. But yeah, it's me, Joey, and our boy Kurt, and uh, he produces it and stuff. So we just recap the fights, we talk about the fights, and um, give out picks that obviously because we're not allowed to bet. Sure, sure, we, sure. We, of course. We 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 pick the fighters. We just pick the fights and. We obviously recap our fights, so we're hype about this past weekend with me. And uh, yeah, it's good fun. It's all good. It's fun. Perfect world. When do you fight again? I'm here, and they're coming to Atlantic City mm. March 30th. So that's AC's my backyard. Like, if it's not Wells Fargo, that would be the best one. But AC is literally, I fought there so many times. I've won belts there, I've defended belts there. That That's home to me. So uh, that, that sounds like perfect. a potential main event. Possibly. I like that. I like that Possibly. a lot. Okay. Possibly. Yeah. It'd, I be, it'd, be, it'd be nice, man. Um, it gives me enough time. I can, I'll can. i enjoy Christmas with my family. Um, I'm actually going to go. My family all hunts, and uh, they're going up to the mountains this weekend for uh, the last weekend of rifle season. So I'm going to go. I haven't been up there in like 10 years just because like, training and fighting, I've missed so much stuff. I'm going to go spend some time up there. I'll get back, I'll enjoy Christmas, and then it gives me a perfect amount of time to get ready for a three-rounder or a five-rounder, whatever they come with. So I'll be ready either way. Well, that would be great because I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you got married on the same day as the pay-per-view in Newark and you were a little bit bummed, right, that yeah. that you couldn't yeah. fight you know, somewhat close to home. This would be even closer yep. to home, so it would all yep. work out in a nice way. Yep. Uh, really happy yeah. for you. Welcome back, Sean. Great win. Very, very impressive to do that to someone like Kelvin. And uh, I think it's going to be a big 2024 for you. So looking forward to that as well. Thanks for coming on and great to have you back on. 
Ariel, thank you so much. Thank you for all you do, man. You're you're the best in the game, and I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, my man. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. That's there right. he is, Sean Brady. A uh, huge win for him, and uh, very much back at 170. What a uh, what a stud he is. What an absolute stud. That was impressive. What a sub as well. Uh, a lot of people deserved bonuses on uh, Saturday. And uh, he was one who got him as well. I think it was eight total. Uh, in a matter of moments, we're going to be joined by Davison Figueredo, uh, who looked fantastic in his debut at 135 against the veteran Rob Font. Uh, we were just talking about uh, talking to people and uh, mental health and things of that nature. So it did remind me of our good friends over at Better. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Help. So thank you very much to Cash App and BetterHelp. I need some water. My voice is very... Uh Uh-huh. Man. Mm. Knew it. Mm. Mm. Should have asked Sean's wife, the nurse, to diagnose you. Mm. That's a good point. That's a great point. <clears throat> that felt good, Frank. I Sounded was longing amazing. for that. Whose mm. bottle is this? Mm. Mm. I don't know. My kids? I just take the first <laughs> thing I can find. Bottle. Yeah, you know, school. Get the water bottle. Uh, still to come, by the way. What a loaded show we have today on this beautiful Monday, December 4th. Misha Tate at 2.30. Dan Hooker joining us from Auckland at 3 o'clock. What about... Armand Sarukian. Golly, what a win that was for the Armenian-born Armand Sarukian. Uh, third in a row, defeating Benil Dariush in just 64 seconds. His third win in a row. Uh, obviously lost that super close fight to Mateusz Gamrot back in 2022 and lost his UFC debut to some guy named Islam Makhachev. You may have heard of him. Uh, took that fight on short notice in Russia back in 2019 Ended up being the fight of the night. All he's done is won since then, and uh, now he's definitely a player at 155. And Michael Chandler going to join us. So still a lot more show to go. We haven't heard much uh, from the fellas back there, but we will have no fear, uh, most likely back end of the show. So stay tuned for that. But like I said, Davidson Figueredo, one of the stories and stars of the past weekend, the former flyweight champion of the UFC had not fought since... January of this past year, took some time off and returned in a massive way on Saturday at 135 against the veteran Rob Font. What a performance. He looked fantastic. He looked big. He looked strong. He looked fast. 
He looked like a real contender at Bantamweight. Wanted to talk to him. He's kind enough to join us, Deutsch Degeda, and he is joined by his co-manager and, for these purposes, interpreter, the great Alex Davis, who is here as well. Davison, obrigado for the time. Thank you very much. Good to see you again, my friend. And Alex, thank you for joining us and helping out as well, too. No problem, Ariel. Love you always, man. Yes, you are the best, Alex. Thank you so much. Uh, Davison, congratulations on the win. When you were thinking and dreaming of fighting at 135, did you suspect that your debut would be this good, be this successful, or did you even surprise yourself on Saturday? Bom, Davidson, parabéns pela grande performance. Quando você estava sonhando em lutar no 135, você esperava que sua primeira luta podia ser tão boa quanto foi? Realmente não esperava. Eu tinha um pouco de dúvidas, né, de chegar na categoria e ver que os caras realmente eram grandes para mim. E estreia na categoria foi uma luta muito boa, graças a Deus. Eu percebi ali, pude ver que é a categoria a, a ideal para eu lutar, né? Eu me senti muito bem, muito forte, é, próximo ao Rob Font, é, com mais explosão e mais punch, né? Graças a Deus. E, todo respeito ao Rob Font, cara que proporcionou uma luta muito boa à noite. E agora, é, vamos ver o que, que o UFC tem para a minha segunda fight. Yeah, so yeah, there was some, a little bit of doubt in my mind. I, I didn't know how strong the guys in the bantamweight would feel, so it went way better than I thought. I felt really strong. I felt that I have a good punch. I think this is definitely the category I want to fight with. I want to also give my respect to Rob, who put on a great fight, great fighter. And now let's see what the UFC has in mind for me for the next fight. Considering how good you looked at 135 on Saturday, is there any part of you that wishes you made this move earlier in your career? Considering how you looked well in this category, do you regret not having made this move earlier? Não me arrependo. Esse é o momento certo. É, eu tinha uma história na categoria 125 e essa história foi concretizada até a última luta com o Breno Moreno, onde perdi o cinturão, infelizmente. E agora eu quero construir uma nova história na 135 e quem sabe daqui para frente aí mais umas três lutas lutar pelo cinturão. Não, não, really. I had a, a story, a history in the 125. I became champion. But now it's a new division, and um, hopefully I can repeat what I did in the 125 and the 135. Maybe in two or three fights I get a title shot. How much better was your week, uh, and especially the Thursday leading into the weigh-ins, compared to what you used to go through as a flyweight? O quanto melhor foi sua semana, especialmente na quinta-feira, em comparação com quando você lutava no 125? Ah, é, sem sombra de dúvida, eu me senti muito saudável na quinta-feira, eu estava muito bem, ah, brincando com meu filho, eu tive meu filho, eu tive minha esposa ao meu lado a todo momento ali, e pude ir para... Eu, eu fiz um treino, a cada dia que eu tive na semana da luta, eu fiz um treino, e meus treinos eram oito da noite, né? era mais ou menos ali uma horinha, uma hora e meia de treino, e levei até quinta-feira à noite para tirar o último peso fazendo isso, né? Uma hora, uma hora e meia de treino e consegui bater o peso tranquilo. E fui para o quarto, pude jantar e dormir a noite toda para no outro dia ir pesar. 
no comparison to how healthy I felt. I had my wife and my son with me. It was great. I managed to train every day. I could train an, an hour and a half. I trained an hour and a half on Thursday before the fight, and I could still eat. So, yeah, just so much better. I feel so much better here. Can I ask, like, what do you walk around at? Because I'm just curious how much weight you actually have to cut to get to 35 as opposed to what you used to walk around at to get to 125? Yeah, I walked around at about 160, and I did about the same with the 135, but of course, this is going to be to 135 instead of 125. It's a way, way easier cut for me, so it's going it's, it's a lot better. Wow. Uh, so the same amount, but you're, you're, you're having to cut you know, 10 less pounds. That is, uh, that is unbelievable. Um, was there anything that you were really proud of as far as the fight is concerned, what you did there against uh, Rob Font, um, as far as the actual fighting is concerned, what were you really happy with? Bom, que, que bom, né, cara? Você anda no mesmo peso, mas tem que perder menos 5 quilos. Que bom. Tem alguma coisa que você se orgulha durante essa luta com o Rob Font? Ah, cara, me orgulho sim. É, pelo, o meu desempenho foi muito bom. Eu pude cumprir né, a estratégia que eu programei durante dois meses e meio para essa luta. Eu fiz o jogo do plano perfeitamente, graças a Deus, fui elogiado pelos meus coaches. Né? E agora é manter a equipe treinar ainda mais forte para os próximos desafios. Yeah, I'm really proud of the fact that I managed to implement the strategy that my, my coaches had put together for me. Um, everybody was really happy with my performance, my coaches and everything. Now I'm going to keep the same team together as I move to the next battle. Um, you know, we've been uh, talking about a potential move for you to 135 for a while, and I think we thought we were going to get it back in July against Manel Cape. Could you explain what happened there? Why did that fight never happen? Bom, a gente está esperando que você venha para o 135 há bastante tempo. A gente esperava que você fosse lutar em julho contra o Manel Cape. Mas isso não aconteceu. Você pode explicar a gente o que que, foi, o que que houve? Bom, a luta contra o Manuel Cap eu ainda estava lesionado, não pude aceitar, né? E eu até queria lutar com ele, né? eu até quis aceitar a luta, mas realmente a lesão ainda não deixava, o médico não me liberou e eu esperei esse momento para tomar uma decisão e não quis mais ficar na 125, que era muito sacrificante para mim. Eu preciso manter meu corpo saudável para que eu possa ter uma, uma longitude a mais no MMA, para que eu possa lutar muito mais tempo nessa categoria 135 quilos. Yeah, so I had an injury. I really wanted to take the fight. The doctor did not clear me. Um, that injury really, really did not let me take the fight. Um, and I, I want to fight healthy so that I can make sure to have a longer time, more long, longevity in, in this sport. So it was the right decision. Okay, uh, is that injury still an issue, or were you 100% going into this fight? Essa lesão ainda é um problema, ou você estava 100% entrando nessa luta? Ah, para essa luta eu estava 100%, graças a Deus. É, eu tive seis a sete meses uh, de fisioterapia, para que eu não ficasse com defeitos no olho, e graças a Deus estou 100%.
No, I was 100% in this fight. Um, it was six, seven, six or seven months until I could, could be over the injury. And, but now I'm 100%. Now it's over. Um, everyone was glowing about your performance on Saturday, but I did see the champion, Sean O'Malley at 135, uh, rated you a, a 3 out of 10 uh, for your performance. Did you see this tweet? And, and if so, do you believe that he really thinks this way or do you think he's just trying to stir the pot? É, todo mundo elogiou muito a sua performance na, no sábado. Apesar disso, o Sean O'Malley, que é o campeão da divisão, falou que você, de, de, de uma pontuagem de 10, você lutou 3. É, você acha que ele realmente pensa assim ou ele simplesmente está tentando mexer contigo? Ah, simplesmente ele está tentando burlar né? ah, algo tão original que existe em mim. E... Há mais uma preocupação na cabeça dele, e isso eu tenho certeza, que ele sabe que eu sou um cara totalmente fora da linha para o sistema dele, né? Eu sou um antivírus, ele é um vírus e eu sou o um antivírus dele. E eu vou provar isso quando eu estiver na frente dele. Yeah, I think that he's um, just a little bit now. He has somebody to worry about. I'm the original. And if he's the virus, I'm the antivirus to him. <laughs> Uh, in your heart, how far do you think you are away from a fight against the champion? Um, how many fights do you do you need to win in order to be back in the position that you're in as a flyweight? No seu coração, quanto quantas lutas você acha que falta para você galgar esse título? Ah, eu acho que que para chegar aí uma possibilidade de disputar o cinturão, só mais uma luta, né? Isso já vai me qualificar bastante para disputar. I think, you know, even one more fight should put me in line for a title. You know, we saw Alex Pereira, middleweight champion, lost the belt, one fight at 205, got a light heavyweight title shot. You just had your one fight in the new weight class. Why can't you fight the winner of Sean and, uh, and Cheeto coming up in March? Is, is that at all possible in your mind? É, nós já acabamos de Alex Pereira, é, perdeu o título no 185, mais uma luta e lutou pelo título no 205. É, agora nós vamos ver o Sean O'Malley versus o título. É, na sua cabeça, você pode vir a, a lutar contra o vencedor desses dois? Provavelmente sim, eu, 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 eu tenho 100% de, de, de certeza que eu sou um nome bem pesado para a categoria. Né? Eu sou um ex-campeão embaixo, todo mundo sabe que é, eu não estava bem na última luta, não fiz um camp certo, se eu tivesse feito um camp certo eu estaria com o meu cinturão até hoje, né? mas infelizmente é, aconteceu. E agora é vida que segue, estou em uma nova categoria, e pronto para uma disputa de cinturão, eu sou um ex-campeão, então mereço uma disputa de cinturão, mas eu quero que tudo aconteça com paciência, eu estou... O, 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 que, o, o que a organização tiver para mim, eu estou preparado para enfrentar. Yeah, I think so. I think I have a big name uh, coming into the to the division. Um, I think that it's definitely a possibility. Uh, I'm a two-time former champ. You know, my last fight at 125, I had not had a good camp. Um, I didn't feel everything went wrong, but now I'm I'm great. And so, yeah, um, I feel that that could be a possibility. However. I will patiently uh, await what the UFC has in mind for me. Okay. Uh, what about, uh, is he okay? He was pointing to his ear, so I don't know if uh, 
Oh, hello. How are you, sir? Yeah. This is, wait, wait, wait. I'll do the introduction. Okay. This is Iliagi Santos. He's a former UFC fighter, very good friend of mine. His nickname is Coconut Head. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if he, does he understand English? No. Okay. No, no. Bom dia. Bom dia. Bom dia. <laughs> Cabeça de coco. He's waiting for my knee to get better. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there's that's a super fight waiting to happen as well. Well, speaking of training, I, I saw Henry Cejudo with you on Saturday. Is is Phoenix your home now? Is this where you you and your family live? And is that your team that you will be moving forward with? Então eu vi você, o Ariel te viu treinando com o Cejudo. Então será esse será seu camp? É ali que você vai estar treinando? Ah, toda certeza. O Henry é um cara que que me treina, né? Eu confio muito no jogo dele, eu confio na estratégia que ele tem para minhas lutas. Então, pode ter certeza que é, de todos os meus coaches, o Henry é o mestre dos mestres. Yes, certainly. I really like him. I his strategies are awesome. He will be the master of masters among my coaches. I, I'm really, really comfortable here. Uh, one name that was brought up a lot on Saturday. Uh, for you next, if it's not a title shot, of course, is Piotr Jan. Do you have interest in this fight? Muito nome falaram foi o Piotr Jan. Você tem interesse nessa luta? Seria uma luta muito boa. É uma luta que certamente vai vai despertar um interesse muito grande na organização. Então, como eu falei, eu estou à disposição da organização. Que eles estiverem para mim, eu estou pronto. Yeah, that's a great name. It will be a great fight. And as I said before, I'm ready for whoever they want to put me against. Um, do you have a top choice? Like, if they asked you who would you like to fight next at 135, is there a name that comes to mind? Você tem alguém que você preferiria? Tem algum nome que vem à sua, sua mente? Bom, do Cinturão é um nome, né? Se a organização que me colocasse pelo Cinturão, certamente é um nome que viria em primeiro lugar na minha mente. Mas outro nome que eu gostaria de enfrentar yeah, the first name that comes to my mind would be Sean O'Malley. Besides him, whoever they put against me. Okay, um, and I know you like the uh, the finer things in life. I saw a, a photo of you with a with a, a grill, your teeth. It was sparkly. You had all the jewelry on there, but you haven't fought in a year. So was it hard, you know, to 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 buy all these expensive things that you like when you're not fighting for this past year? É, eu sei que você gosta das coisas boas na vida, eu vi uma, uma foto você com os olhos no dente, mas foi difícil você não, não ter esses luxos nesse, nesse ano que você não lutou? Bom, eu aprendi que nem tudo na vida é luxo, cara. É, o esporte, ele passa muito no rápido na vida de um atleta. Então eu quero é, aproveitar o máximo disso, aproveitar o máximo do que a organização UFC mudou na minha vida e eu sou hoje eu sou eu sou um empresário tenho uma academia grande em Belém e eu não quero parar só aí eu também tenho uma fazenda e eu quero ser um grande fazendeiro na, depois de, de me aposentar na luta. You know, I learned that not everything in life or the good things is a luxury. Um, I need to as a fighter 
Um, I know that things come and go. Um, I want to do other things in my life. I have a, a business. I'm a businessman. I have a big school in uh, Belay. I also have a farm. So I'm working on other things besides this. Uh, could I ask, speaking of the business, uh, I, I see you're now working with the great Alex Davis, who has been in this game for a very long time. Why did you choose to be managed by him? Uh, this, is a weird, wanna... this is a weird one to translate for yourself, right, Alex? Yeah, it's okay. okay. I'm neutral. <laughs> I, I can't avoid out of the picture, though. Of so, course, of course. Don't... Co-manage, that's why I said. I'll explain you, but let me ask him first. É, então ele perguntou, tá vendo que você tá comigo? Ele me chama de grande Alex Davis, não sou grande nem nada. É, ele perguntou o que que isso, que que aconteceu para que eu viesse a fazer parte da sua carreira. Bom, cara, é, eu trabalhar com o Alex para mim tá sendo sensacional, né? É, muitas coisas no início da minha carreira, eu agradeço a pelas ajudas, pelas pessoas que estiveram ao meu lado. Só que chegou um determinado tempo que as coisas começaram a desandar, né? Não entrando muito em detalhes, mas começou a desandar e eu preferi seguir minha vida e trocar de manager. E agora, como eu já conheci o Alex, um cara gente boa demais, né? Eu tentei trabalhar com o Ryan Fabe, mas a nossa língua complicou bastante, eu não falo inglês, então por isso eu saí do Ryan, mesmo gostando dele, e comecei a trabalhar com o Alex Davis, que é um cara sensacional fora do sério. Gente boa demais. Yeah, so, yeah, Alex is a great guy. Um there was at some point in my career, I I don't want to enter details, but things weren't going uh, exactly the way I needed them to go. Um, I had to make changes. I thank everybody that helped me before. And I, I looked up Alex. I was with Uriah. Um, we were having some language difficulties now with Alex. Things have gotten a lot better. He's a great guy. I love working with him. Um, on my end, I need to include Lloyd Pearson's name in there because Lloyd is also, we co-manage Davidson. I really like him. He's done a good job for Davidson too. So, you know, everything's working great for him. And that's, I want to see this guy do as good as he can. He's great. I love him. I've known him for a long time, way before we even spoke about manager management, and I'm honored that he looked to me for help. Yeah, uh, I would say between you and Lloyd, that's that's quite the tandem, and it's great to see two of the best managers in the game working together. I love to see this, so uh, great for Davison as well. Um, just two more, and then I'll let you go, Davison. When do you want to come back? In, in a perfect world, when would you return? Davison, um mundo perfeito, quando você voltaria? Ah, dentro de dois meses e meio, três, eu tô pronto para voltar. Two and a half to three months, I'll be ready to fight again. Okay, and I know it's your uh, previous weight class, but just curious, next weekend, uh, Pantoja uh, getting a chance to fight uh, in his first title defense against Brandon Royval. Who do you like in that fight? Eu sei que é sua ex-divisão, mas o Pantoja luta com o Brandon Royal. Quem que você acha que vai ganhar essa luta? O Pantoja é um cara incrível e sem sombra de dúvida, eu tô torcendo para ele. É, quero muito que ele mantenha o cinturão é um garoto que merece, um garoto que veio de baixo merece o sucesso que está tendo e ele é, ele é um ótimo profissional e cara, por mais que, que venha acontecer dele perder o cinturão mas não vai ser fácil tirar o cinturão dele não é só 95% Pantoja nessa luta Yeah, I, I really like Pantoja incredible guy, incredible professional um, I think that he deserves it the guy that got there deserving I'm I'm routing for him. I really like him. I think 95% um, Pantoja. Mm. Uh, thank you so much for the time. Parabéns, Davidson. Great to see you. 
as always, uh, very happy to see you healthy and strong at 135 and uh, looking forward to what you do in this weight class. And of course, thank you, Alex, very much as well. Congratulations to you. Love you guys. Love you. Thanks so much. Let me just translate. Davidson, muito obrigado pela entrevista. Ele te deseja muita sorte de ver que vai ver muitos boas lutas você no 135. Obrigado, Ariel, por você estar sempre me dando essa oportunidade de vir aqui e falar um pouco do que eu estou construindo dentro da organização para a galera, meus fãs que também são teus fãs, fãs incríveis que você tem, que acompanham a minha vida e que pode ter certeza que é o novo Davidson, é o Davidson que chegou para ficar e construir uma história bonita dentro da organização novamente. Uh, thank you, Ariel, so much for always giving me the time. Um, thank you for putting me in front of my fans and in front of your fans, and I will make sure to make you proud at 135. Obrigado. Talk to you soon, guys. Thank you so much. There he is, Deutsch Tegera, the man, Davison Figueroa. And you know what's so fun about this? Uh, you got a guy who's a former champion at 125 moving into, again, what I think is the best weight class in the sport, not just the UFC. And there's so many possibilities for him. Oh, my God. I mean, Rob Fawn is currently eight. So let's just go with eight to one. Song Yudong fighting this weekend against Chris Gutierrez, main event, Apex, shout out. Marlon Vera fighting for the belt. Peter Yan, that I think seems to be the people's pick. But you've got a returning Corey Sanhagen, uh, hopefully at some point in 2024. Uh, Umar Namagamadov is there. It seems like they really want to do Corey versus Umar. Of course, they were trying to make that fight uh, for August in Nashville. Uh, Umar had to pull out. Corey fights Rob Font. He's not going to fight Henry Cejudo. And you get into the big dogs, uh, the Marab Dualishvili's of the world, Sean O'Malley. It sounds like Aljamain Sterling is moving on uh, to 145, which I like that move a lot for him. It makes a lot of sense. There's just a lot of fun options. If I had to pick one, and uh, look, like I said, Alex got the title shot at 205 after one fight. I don't think that happens here. And he probably is getting that title shot just because you know, the division is a little bit thin, thinner. If I had to pick one, I think it's Peter Jan. If I had to pick one that I think, and Jan's kind of in this limbo situation where there didn't seem like there was a fight that made total sense because he's been in the weight class for a while. Jan versus Figueroa, I mean, golly. Who's the favorite going into that fight, GC? Jan or Figueroa? I don't know. Figgy looked great on Saturday, but... What was the tweet from Eric? He said he's no longer Figgy Smalls. He's now Fig Papa. Was that it? I don't know. I don't, I don't think he heard you. I actually didn't see the tweet. He had a tweet. He's no longer Figgy Smalls. He's now Fig Papa. Was that it? Uh, or was he yeah. just not there? No, I think, you put, <laughs> I think you put on the wrong headphones. So that, now, here we go. There it is. He had a tweet. God, I hate when you guys are talking about me. <laughs> what? And I have no idea what's happening. It's dead silent back here when my microphone's on, so he can't hear anything. And he put on the wrong headphones. It's not, it's not a, there's no, like, speakers? There is, but we don't want to, you know, you coming get feedback? back into the... Because yeah. that's how you get feedback. Uh, Thanks for dealing with that, Frank. I, I didn't want to get to Rick, I said you had a great tweet on Saturday. He's no longer Figgy Smalls. He's now Fig Papa. Was that it? Fig Papa, yeah. That's for, a great phantom one. Weight. That's a great... I like that one. I'm, I love Figueredo. His swag. I, I, oh, I'm he's such the coolest. a big fan. How about Coconut Head? 
coconut. I'm bought in. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Wait till the knee, knee heals and, I mean, title run starts. Uh, Does he speak English? No. No, doesn't speak English. Uh, he had a cool shirt on, Figgy. Yes, the Everything God of War one. he has or does he's is sick. Cool. He's, he's the best. He's very sick. Um, he's just cool. He oozes cool. Uh, we'll talk more about his potential next step uh, or steps in a moment. Still to come, Dan Hooker, Armin Sarukian, and Michael Chandler. But this all-star edition of the MMAR continues. And how about Misha Tate on Saturday? Man, oh, man. Turning back the clock. Had not seen her since July of 2022. Uh, that, of course, was at 125, didn't go her way, took some time off, came back with a vengeance, with a beautiful submission win over Julia Avila, and uh, just just feel-good stuff. The post-fight interview was great. The post-fight press conference was great. Her family is there. One of the OGs of the game, one of the true trailblazers, pioneers of women's MMA, still kicking it all these years later. I think she said 18 years total uh, in the game. Was that right? No, as an 18-year-old, uh, about... 16 or so years as a pro. It's an unbelievable story and delighted for her to see her back on top and to still have success at the highest level of the game. She's kind enough to join us. Still in Austin is Misha Tate. There she is. Hello, Misha. How are you? Congratulations. Hey, good. Thanks. I'm I'm hanging out at Terry Black's. Everyone's been recommending this place. So right after I speak with you, I'm going to be chowing down on some fantastic brisket. Oh, my gosh. Um, going to be good. You're so. doing this after the interview, so I hope you're not too hungry and hoping that this lasts like two minutes so you can get to the food. I mean, I was going to say, that was my hint. Okay. I'm glad you took it. All right. I'm just kidding. Hurry the hell up. All right. Fair enough. Um, congratulations. Man, you just seem like like a, like a ball of positivity and good vibes and happy. It was just radiating off of you, oozing off of you all week, and then, of course, in the aftermath. Is that a fair assessment of who you were last week? Yes. Very much so, Ariel. I feel like this is the most balanced camp that I've ever had. I feel like I balanced everything. Fight camp, mental, emotional, physical, family, all of it just made so much sense. It was it was really one of the first fight camps that wasn't super hard. I mean, it's it's always hard because you know, you put yourself physically, there's always there's challenges, but but it wasn't like exhausting it wasn't like oh my god i can't wait for camp to get over you know it, it it really didn't feel like that and that was a big difference for me and i think there's a couple things that i changed i think working with micah has been a huge help he's the mental coach at the performance institute and he really helped me with being present so getting the most out of every moment i feel like as people we tend to have a million things on our mind at all times and some people like to think that they're good at multitasking. And I say, you just are, you know, good at sucking at multiple things at, at one time. <laughs> it's so much better to just like focus on one thing at one time and be the best at that, whether it's that moment of being a mom or whether I'm cooking dinner, it's like, okay, that dinner has my attention. Practice has my attention. Training has my attention. My kids have my attention right now. You have my attention. You know, I'm not trying to focus on everything and, you know, at the same time. And I just feel like that was a new concept to me because I've always been going a million miles an hour all the time, burning the candle at both ends and the middle. And this is part of the reason why I retired back in the days because I was just burnt out. And so anyways, I feel like I'm acquiring new skills to really help me stay level and, and even through my training camps. And that's been amazing. The other thing I'm assuming you were going to ask, what did I change a little bit in this camp? Yeah. Was 
Kirk White is a friggin' genius. I don't know if you know who he is, but um, a phenomenal wrestler in his own right from the Pacific Northwest. And not just his his wrestling pedigree, but his coaching ability. I love that he worked with me conceptually. And he didn't teach me moves. He taught me things that made all my moves better. So I already have, a, you know, wrestling, you know, is, is my strongest point. I think wrestling and grappling. But in truth, you know, he would show me a concept that I'm like, I can apply this in every single area of everything that I do. And it really helped hone in the things that I'm great at. This camp, we drilled this fight like this. It must have been thousands of times. I mean, I, I, I literally got to the point where it was getting... It was, it was so monotonous that it was getting boring. To be honest, I was like, oh my God, I have to go to the gym and drill this again. But I did it, you know? And I was like, look, I'm going to drill this until I know exactly up, down, however she's going to move, I have an answer for it. And that goes for everybody that I fight from now on. Like, I have an answer of how to move and navigate every single situation in wrestling. And it, before I was chunky, I feel like. Like, I, like I could, had a good double leg if I could get in on a double leg but I didn't understand the concept of moving around and through the body. It was like, okay, there's a single leg, there's a double leg, there's a body lock. But now it's like the transitions between it all are very seamless. So if one thing's not there, one of my favorite quotes of Kirk White, whatever you have, you don't need. Wow. I was like, my, I fight for something so hard that's not there when you could just transition to something else. And so I started being ahead in the race of wrestling as opposed to hanging and fighting valiantly for whatever I had in that moment. It's like, no, okay, this is too much resistance. That means something else is open. There's always something else open. If somebody's fighting so hard to defend one thing, they're leaving something else wide open. So let's go for that. And um, I have so many sparring rounds that went exactly how this fight went. And uh that was really cool to have that manifested. I've been thinking about it. I've been drilling it. And I really wanted this fight every bit as I wanted to win my UFC world title. Wow. Um, and just curious, the link up with Kirk, how did that happen? And, and, and like what led to it happening? So Kirk was Johnny's, my fiance, Johnny's wrestling coach at Boise State. So Johnny actually brought him in. Okay. Just Johnny understood the way that I work in conceptuals. I do much better with conceptual. I don't like a lot of coaching either. I like in the corner. I don't like a lot of noise. I don't like a busy corner. And I told the guys right before I walked out, I was like, guys, I, I don't want to hear a lot from you. I really don't because either you trust me or you don't. And by the time you say something to me and then it gets to my brain and then the situation's gone anyway. So it, it really isn't very helpful. Maybe tell me what she's doing. But I don't want to hear a lot from you guys. I, I've got to fight and I've got to be out there and I've got to have the fastest reaction time. And the fastest reaction time, if you trust in me, is, is not going to be you telling me what to do. I have to go out there and do this for myself. And so sorry, I feel like I'm losing the light. Now my face is all shadowed. No, you're go. good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> but, um, you know, honestly, that was the mentality. I had drilled these things so many times that there was nothing that anybody was going to be able to give me as far as insight that would be more efficient than what I was going to be able to produce without that. And, um, it was also really cool when Kirk came in, I, I think he's cornered maybe one time before first he forgot the stool. 
I don't know if you saw me sitting on the floor. Um, I could have cared less, though, in the fight. I was like, I don't care. I'll sit on the floor. Um, but he was like, you know, did you? He's like, so so did you feel? He asked me. That was the first thing he did. I don't know if I if I can recall a corner asking me my input or a question. Wow. In a fight. Mostly they tell you what you need to be doing. But he's like, did you feel like she could do anything in that situation on the ground? Did you feel like she could do anything? Because. You know, Kirk thinks of it like, it doesn't matter what I see. I need to know what you feel. So that's how I'm going to give you the best advice. So he all works everything almost in reverse, opposite of how most coaches would. And for me, this has been a, a game changer. Working with somebody who is not trying to make me a puppet, but rather like you tell me what you're feeling. And I'm going to try to give you like, I'll give you, you know, the best that I can. But you're the only, you have to solve the problem. Not me. Like, I'm not in there. I don't know what you're feeling. Like, I'll give you the best advice, but I want to teach you how to understand how to solve problems. I don't want to teach you the answer to everything. I want to teach you how to solve problems. And I think that was a really a big epiphany in my career. I've always fought, you know, with a big heart and um, toughness. And I think people have valued that in my career. But this fight, I kept telling myself, I want to fight with my skill set. I don't ever feel like any fight I've ever lived up to the things I've been able to do in training when like all the pressure's off and all these things. And it's like, man, I, you know, I know that I'm really good, but like, I always feel like I've consistently underperformed in my fight. Even the fights that I've won, I was like, I know I could do better than that. So what is it? And in, in a fight, it's because you don't take the risk of moving to the next thing too soon. You, you hang on to whatever you have. Like, no, like I've got that single leg or no, like I've got to hang on to this. I cannot afford to let this go. But when you aren't confident and moving to the next thing, then sometimes you put yourself in a worse position. You're losing something. You're still just hanging on because it's a fight. You're like, you don't want to let anything go. It's a fight. And so in the practice room, it's like, I have the, I had the comfortability for some years to like, okay, I'm just going to try something else. And so I would perform better in practice than in fights. And now I'm understanding how to translate that into a fight. And I think in large part, you know, I've got to thank Kirk for that. And obviously thank Johnny for connecting us. You know, it's, it's really a team cohesion, but he's a phenomenal coach, a phenomenal coach. Uh, you said something earlier, which I can imagine some people listening to it would raise their eyebrows. How could you equate this win to winning the world title? How could they be on the same level? Can you explain that? Yeah, I think because, I've been doing this for so long and a lot of people were pushing. Um, I just heard a lot of noise and, and thinking, you know, she's done. She's washed up. She's done. She should retire. And I really felt that, you know, in a way that made me feel like I have so much to prove, much like a title fight. I have so much more that I know that I'm capable of. You know, and someday when I retire, I know I'll retire with a happy heart and I'll be happy and I'll be content with whatever it is that I accomplished from this point on. But in truth, Ariel, I knew, again, I had more to give and that it was better than what I had shown. And so I needed to do that for myself. I could not quit on myself when I knew that there was still more to give and I was capable of so much more. And so I think I finally figured out the right array for the puzzle pieces to come together. And, um, you know, it, it's not just having the puzzle pieces. It's like 
you've got to actually put them together to where it makes the full picture. And so before I think I've had bits and pieces and I've put some things together, but this one felt like I finally got what I needed out of the coaching. You know, I've lost, I lost Robert Fallis, you know, may he rest in peace because uh, I miss him a lot. But since then I haven't, I have, I just haven't found somebody that, that worked in the way that Kirk does. And I've, I've worked with a lot of, you know, a lot of great coaches and, but Kirk, he's just, he's just different. And he doesn't, he doesn't train fighters. Like I think I'm the only fighter that he's actually um, working with, at least for now, I think maybe way back in the day, he might've worked with somebody else a little bit, but uh, genius is an understatement. Uh, He's made a big, I saw you say something in the post-fight press conference that I think it was on Saturday morning. Uh, you you journaled, you you wrote about things that you were grateful for. Uh, is that something yeah. that you have done in the past? And if not, why this time? I did not do that in the past. I have never journaled um, before. I was never a big journaler. I mean, I sometimes maybe if I was going through hardships, I might write something down because it just felt good. But I'm talking about just because of positivity. No. And at the day of the fight, um, you know, I wrote this letter, the things that I was grateful for and having the gratitude just again, brought me right to the moment that I was at all the things I was grateful for the morning started out. I woke up, I went and did the same thing that I normally do. I went out, got morning sunlight. I put my feet in the grass. I earthed, I did my breath work and then I came in and I trained and I'm like, this feels so much like my whole camp. It's just a balance of the calm and the push and the, the calm and the push. And the, the day felt symbolic of the camp and the camp felt symbolic of like the meaning of life, the push and pull of life. And so I sat down and I wrote this letter to myself and I wrote the things that I was grateful for. I was grateful for the morning. <laughs> I was grateful for the camp. I was grateful for the balance of my life, my family, um, my corner, the things coming together for me. And I said, I think at the end of the letter that I will take her down. I was like, if nothing else happens this fight, even if I didn't win, because I went in there with the mentality, look, I'm going to win, but, but I could not win. Right. I, I could not, maybe not. We have, you know, one, one person has to come out. Like anybody could get knocked out. That's part of why I love this sport because you truthfully just don't know. But I said, I am going to take her down. That will happen no matter what. I guarantee that will happen this fight. And then I said, um, and I believe I will win. It's already written in the stars. And I just felt like that the entire camp. Wow. I, I, so, I, I saw on your Instagram uh, this morning routine of yours, walking outside, barefoot, um, grass, sunlight, all that stuff. Where, where did you learn about this and develop this? And, and do you do it every single morning, no matter what? Well, this camp has been pretty much every single morning. Yeah. I mean, the, even the day of weigh-ins, even weigh-ins before I started my weight cut. Wow. Um, well, I the night before because we I do a little bit the night before and then I do the rest in the morning but even the day of weigh-ins before I started the second cut in the morning 7 a.m I was outside I did my breath work I put my feet on the ground because that's the, the reset that is putting back in in the gas tank and I think as athletes and I know for sure fighters 
we're we just like drive ourselves into the ground sometimes so hard and we just it's all about go how much you can press the gas pedal like but truthfully if you're not putting it back in the tank you run out faster than you then you can uh, really gain from it so i think for me i've realized that so i've i've been very focused on putting as much back in the gas tank as many resources as possible i had a beautiful weight cut um i think i've filled out also in the like um weight wise this is one of the bigger i've walked into the fight bigger um again maybe not the biggest bantam weight but i feel like my body was perfectly balanced the cut was perfectly done i've also gained a ton of knowledge on how to cut weight so all of it and you know ariel i've been on this journey of, of wellness for the past couple of years you know i'm a huge fan of using hyperbaric oxygen therapy i use my brain tap regularly i use red light um I've learned how to optimize so many of my natural resources that don't, there's no PEDs needed. Like my body is crazy and capable. I've just got to educate myself. So like I listen to the Huberman podcast a ton. Um, I've obviously kind of found out about Gary Brecca since Dana has been talking about him, but these are natural resources that anybody could do. I do intermittent fasting, Dr. Mindy Peltz fasting for women. So when I went down to 125, I really kind of messed my body up hormonally. Mm. And I had a pretty hefty consequences for pushing my body that hard to get down to 125. And um, I had a, a kind of a rebound of a big, bigger weight gain afterwards because my I think body was trying to find balance and all of that. And, uh, you know, hormonally, just very, very complicated situation. So I, I, I knew I had to take time to reset my body with that. Um, I did want to fight a little sooner than December, but again, that injury happened, I think when I was supposed to fight in June or July, uh, against Bueno Silva and I had an injury and so it delayed till December, but again, everything happens for a reason. I think it just gave me more time to really settle into this whole narrative of how I need to live my life to really be the best version of myself. And I went in there and I was like, look, I'm going to be relentless. I'm going to take her down. And you know, we've drilled it so many times the fight was exactly how my sparring sessions went, you know, except I did get in a bad position sometimes in sparring, because if you're not going against people who are pushing you, you know, then I think you're doing it wrong. But, you know, yeah, it was, it was pretty much to a T. Obviously hindsight 2020. I'm just wondering, uh, do you regret the move to 125? I do not regret the move to 125 because here's the thing. I like to know the answer, whether it's right or it's wrong. I like to know the answer. And that was really the, the curiosity was like, would I do better at 125? And the answer was clearly no. The fight was with the scale. I was exhausted by the time I got through it. Um, and look, I, I, I don't, I mean, I made 125, I think the best possible way I could have ever done it. I had a great, you know, coach Cal was amazing and he helped me do something that I thought was impossible and I did it and I felt great through my trainings, but mentally I was exhausted. Like by the time I got to the scale, like that was when I was breathing my sigh of relief when I got off the scale and you don't want that until after you've won a fight. Right. <laughs> and so it was just like, it's hard, you know, being a, being a mom of two small kids and then to have to be on a constant calorie deficit for months. And, and then I did celebrity big brother too. You know, that wasn't, wasn't uh, easy. So that actually caused me to push the fight back. So then I felt like I was in camp forever. And anyways, not the best experience. So I think um, I learned a lot. 
And you know what? I'm actually really glad that I lost the fight to Ketlin too, because if I had won that fight, which I think it was close, and I'll still argue that I should have round, won round one. If I was watching it, I thought I round, won round one, and I think the other ones were debatable, uh, except for maybe round three or something. I can't remember. But um, had I won that fight with the narrow decision, had it been the other way with the scorecards, I wouldn't have changed to what I was with Julia. I would have thought, hey, what I'm doing with my striking is working. But no, I'm competitive in striking. I, I, I think I proved that, you know, Ketlin's big and long and tall. And I was competitive. I was competitive, uh, you know, yeah, I was competitive with Marion. I was competitive with uh, at 125. But to be honest, that's not where I'm dominant. I think I could be, I can hurt people there. I can be a threat there. But, you know, I got, I, I just had to remember how I got anywhere, you know, and what really made me who I am. Uh, just a couple more, and then I'll let you get to lunch again. Thank you for this. It's it's great to talk to you. Uh, it's just been a while, so uh, had a few more. Um, so so I, uh, beautiful scenes with your kids, especially at the the post fight uh, press conference. Uh, your son wants to talk on the microphone. I love all that stuff. Uh, was that the first time that they've been live to one of your fights? So they were there um, at my last fight, and when I did one twenty five, and I didn't win. Remember, I got the yep. laceration the same cut under my eye opened up and they yeah they were there I, I remember my daughter you know much younger she's five now my son is three so um she's like mommy I really wanted you to win and I was like you know what honey I really wanted to win too I like, really wanted to win but sometimes you know we work hard for something and it doesn't work out so um that was a great conversation with her and just a, a learning moment that not it's not always the way that you want it to go so Yes, they were there for that fight, um, but I think this is really the first fight that they really kind of both understood the, what I was there doing, and they were cheering and chanting and had more of an attention span for it. So this one felt different. Okay. They were very young last time. I can't imagine what it's like for them to see their mom in there and especially win and the emotion and all that stuff. It's it's an amazing thing. Um I think I think I speak for a lot of people when I say this. You versus Holly Holm has to happen one more time. Is this the time now? Like, is is do you feel like this is the perfect time for it? UFC three hundred, you versus it, Holly. Let's go. I think it's a great time. When would a two hundred be? What are we even at? Uh, three hundred, by the way. Uh, and I love the story yeah. of you writing the wrong of two hundred. Um, so getting to yeah. fight at three hundred now. Uh, that would be yeah. April. That would be mid-April. Is that too far away, or is that good? I think that sounds reasonable. So, so I did, I, I did uh, get a little bit of an injury leaving that fight. So I've got to get an MRI and check it, check myself out and just make sure. But if, if, uh, if it's not very severe, which I've been walking around and I, I think I'm actually all right. I, I think I'll be okay. So if, uh, if I can do that, then I think Hollywood be a fantastic one. You know, that's another one that it bothers me actually, because, People still think for some reason that I was just getting my ass kicked in that fight. People still were like, man, that was like the greatest comeback ever. Like so lucky you got that submission. It's like, look, yes, because the title was on the line. Like if I didn't get the submission, it would have been a draw technically. If we, with the scorecards had I won the last round, let's say I just rode her out and it was kind of like round two and I didn't get the sub on the scorecards. It would have been a draw. And I don't think many people remember that. So it kind of pisses me off because 
she won round one, 10, nine. I won round eight, 10, eight on all three scorecards. And then round three, she won 10, nine round four, she won 10, nine and round five. If I had won a 10, nine, we're at a draw. So like, I still bothers me that people think that like, they always come to me like, Oh man, that was like, man. Yeah. Cause she was getting her, I, look at the comments, go look at any comments. That she was getting her ass kicked. You know, Holly was kicking her ass until she got that submission. It's like, really like i think it was actually she was kind of like edging me on the feet i'll give her that yeah she was you know she's yeah she was edging me on the feet i absolutely smashed her on the ground and i it wasn't like a yeah so i anyways to answer your question ariel i think it would be fun to run that one back and um yeah write the story a little better yes i would love that i think everyone would as well last one um and i wonder if you're in the mindset to do this now but you, you talk about being in the moment, being present. So maybe that time will come down the line. But I, I will always have a soft spot for the fighters who came in, in your era, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2000, like that, because that's when I came in. And you guys, to me, were the ones who took the sport to a different level. And like I said, you're a pioneer, you're a trailblazer. Do you allow yourself to look at the body of work? There aren't many people left from Strike Force back in the day. There aren't many women left from your era. At this stage in your life, are you letting yourself look at you know what you've done, smell the flowers, be proud of what you've done, or are you the type of person who's only going to do that when the career is actually over? Man, I've I've been at many different points throughout my career, points where I didn't allow myself to reap the rewards or um, absorb the perspective of those things. But I can certainly say that I'm at a place now where I am absolutely looking at and grateful for everything that has come down the pipeline in my career, including those losses, especially those losses, grateful for the wins, grateful for losses. And I, I feel like in this fight, you know, with looking at this with an attitude of gratitude, having that journal, I remember, um, standing behind the curtain, uh, for the ceremonial weigh-ins and thinking, I never know how many more of these I'll get to do. Like how cool that I have been doing this for so long and how many great moments that I didn't allow myself to enjoy because it, it had to be all business, it had to be work. I just had to, had to get the fight and I had to win. And even winning was like acceptable, you know, it was like, well, that was what was supposed to happen. You know, like it, there's so much more to be enjoyed and appreciated. I think when we can get fully present in those moments and realize like, man, this moment and all the moments that led up to this moment, were phenomenal and I'm going to treat every single moment like it's phenomenal and do my best to really enjoy the moment and, and the things that have led to this moment. So I think I've done a lot of reflecting and that that's something that I didn't really, I couldn't have done before as I even, you know, looks back. Yes, I have I had memories, but I think reflecting with a fondness is entirely different, re, re, you know, reflecting with a, a love and a, yeah, just gratitude for the opportunities and grateful to myself too for not quitting on myself. So many people were calling for that. So many people were like, yeah, she's done. And I'm like, I, you know, I had a not so great performance, but I know I have, I have to figure it out. I was like, this, it's not a question of being done. It's a question of, I have to figure it out. I have to find a way. And I refused to give up on myself before it feels like the time is right. And the time is not right now. You know, it's not right now. So I know that I have more to give. And yeah, I think that's really 
what it boils down to. Well, I love to hear that. Uh, I'm happy you look back with gratitude. I hope you also look back with pride as well for everything you've overcome and accomplished. And like I said, for that for that path that you have, uh, you know, blazed for so many women now who have had success. Uh, you're a Hall of Famer. Even if you never fight again, win another fight again. It's an incredible career, and it's so cool to see it continue on going into 2024. Well done, Misha. Thank you so much for the time. Enjoy your time with your family. Uh, so very happy for you. Really appreciate the time, as always. Thank you, Ariel. I appreciate that, and I appreciate uh, our journey through this as well. You know, all the relationships and the cool things, and everything that you've done has been really cool, too. It's been great to watch you pursue and really come from, you know, young kind of nerdy Ariel into this great, you Oh, know. thank you. I appreciate that. Wow, thanks. <laughs> Father and journalist, yes. uh, you've, you know, you've done a great job, and I think your passion really sets you apart from a lot of the people who cover this, and uh, um, no, it's been great, and I appreciate the interviews. Thank you. Thank you, as always. Take care. Happy holidays. All righty. You too. All right, Bye. there she is, Misha Tate, going to get some uh, barbecue. Is that a good spot, Frank? Perfect spot. Well, what is it, Tyler... Tyler, what? You being serious? Terry Blacks? I've never been. You have been in Incorrect. Dallas. Correct, you have been. We, we, we've all been together. Oh, wait. She's in Dallas or is she in Austin? Or is there Small multiple? Austin. There's, there's, there's multiple. That was good. That was after the weigh-in? No, that was after the open workout? Yeah. Ah, uh, you know yourself. You know what's the best part about that? When I went up there with like yeah. four sides, massive piece of, uh, what was it, brisket? Something like that, yeah. I couldn't and, even remember the name. And the gentleman at the uh, at the counter was like, Helwani, is that you? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, ah, this one's on the house. You know yourself. Come on, anytime you come to I Terry mean, Black. I a $200 plate, too. Mm. I mean, that was not the cheapest barbecue in the world. And then I said, can you hook up GC? And he's like, nah. He said, who the fuck? <laughs> we do don't do that for them. That'll be sixty-eight seventy-seven For them sir, Georgia man. boys, you know? You we think don't they do did that. it? Hoping for a little bit of promotion. No, he didn't. And, say you're, like, and Terry then you said Terry never Blacks, and you're like, I've never been. How many do they have? I don't know. More than one. No, it was no actually, good. actually, they uh, it they have three: Austin, Dallas, and Lockhart. There's there's been some talk of uh, you know last week, last Wednesday. What did I say? There's two spots left in America that I haven't been to: Austin and Portland. Some talk of uh, crossing Austin off the list. In the very near future. Wow. Yeah. Cool. We could go to Terry Black's. Are there any big things Never in been. Austin? Any big shows out in Austin? There's um, South by Southwest, mm. uh, Austin City Limits. Mm. Wasn't referring to those. What is the second one you said? Austin City Limits. I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. Uh, to Almanac. Yeah, well, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. And uh, I, would, I would like to go to Terry Black's over there as well. That would be nice. Maybe we can all go have a little uh, mac and cheese, have a little brisket, have a little this, have a little that. Lovely stuff with uh, Misha Tate. Uh, still to come, Armin Sarukian and the great Michael Chandler. But first, a lot of people in action uh, this past weekend. Uh, one fight that we were very much looking forward to, uh, unfortunately, did not come to fruition. That was Dan Hooker versus Bobby Green. Of course, we last saw Dan Hooker in action back in July. Incredible win over Jalen Turner. And you'll recall, we spoke to him very briefly. He was uh, right outside the hospital going to get his arm checked, had the surgery, and then unfortunately got injured again. So no fight on Saturday. Wanted to check in with the hangman all the way in New Zealand. There he is. 
Hello, Dan. How are you? Good morning, sir. Good morning. Yeah, not too bad. How are you, sir? Uh, um, million bucks. Okay. Uh, how is... Uh, well, good to see you again. Uh, last time, it was a very quick conversation. You were, I think, uh, in transit, hospital, in pain. There was a lot going on. Uh, and unfortunately, Saturday didn't come to fruition. Could I ask, is it the same arm that you injured back in July? Uh, it's the exact same spot. So uh, it just... Like speaking with the surgeon, it just never healed properly. Like it actually never healed. Like it never, uh. Uh, it never set into place. And by the time like I realised that it was not healing, I was like too. It was I was already I was too deep in. Uh, I was too far in. Like I was too close to the fight. Like everything was booked. So I was just um, kind of going out of my way to protect it and not like let it get hurt. And then in my second and last sparring session, just one of my one of my sparring partners just whipped the kick up out of nowhere, like caught it on the right spot, and just um, yeah, just just blew blew it right through. So oh. I had the the same surgery, just a bigger plate put in, and then uh, they drilled some bone marrow out of my hip. Oh my god! Drilled bone marrow out of my hip, and then injected it in the spot where it's not healing, just to like ensure it heals up. So yeah, it just never it never was like healing from the start. I was just um yeah, got back to action too quick, just too hungry, too hungry to fight. <laughs> did did you get back uh into action too quick like based on your own accord? Like did they tell you to take some time off and you were just too hungry to fight and, and didn't listen to those uh those doctors orders? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, that's what I thought. Exactly. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. Like yeah. you need to, you need to save, you need to save me for myself. Like I'm a complete. Like I'm. It's it's like a. You're obsessed. Like you 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 have an obsession. It's almost like uh yeah. You you take it too far. You 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 cross the line into the point of self destruction. Like it's just. It's like a mental illness. You need to train. <laughs> right. No, I understand that. But I'm I'm curious. Uh, was this going to happen? Like inevitably was the surgery faulty to the point where it was going to happen even if you waited a few more months yeah yeah it just never it just never hit like too much too soon yeah and and the bone just never actually set. it was inevitable and i i i had accepted that it was like inevitable um that's initially why when they said it's like a five round fight i knew at some point in the fight my arm would break Oof. so i was like thinking I was thinking, ah, oh, three rounds. I was like, I can do two rounds of a broken arm. I was like, <laughs> four rounds of a break, four rounds of a broken arm. I was like, but then I got fit, and I was like, yeah, I can do four rounds of a broken arm. So it's just, yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh, did you watch the fight on Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, Sunday your time. To, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I went to Israel. It was me and Israel watched it. Okay, uh, and so uh, can I just ask, were you shocked that? Jalen did that to Bobby in such quick fashion? Nah. nah. That's how I thought it was going to go. <laughs> uh, was it hard to watch? That's what I wanted to... Nah, nah, not, not, not hard to watch. Like, that's, that's how I thought that. Like, just from, um, obviously, fighting Jalen and, and studying his style and then um, having watched Bobby over the last few months and studying his style, I just thought stylistically that it was um, not a good matchup for uh, Bobby. He would have a hard time um, getting in or he'd have a hard time like closing the distance on Jalen. I think it was just a, a stylistic thing when I saw um, 
Jalen getting announced as the re- replacement, I kind of knew that that's the way that the fight would go. It's just a bad style for him. Mm. Uh, obviously, it was a great finish, but I was I was appalled by the stoppage. I thought it went on like twelve seconds too long. It was it was it was really uncomfortable to watch. As a fighter, do you agree with that assessment? Um. Uh, no, it is what it is. Come on, he was dead. He nah, was like dead like, on the I'm ground there. What, what is? I'm, I'm old school. I'm old school. <laughs> he wasn't doing anything. You thought that was okay? I mean, you didn't bat an eye I mean, looking at I that? Mean, I didn't. Uh, I've been doing this a long time. Like that's that's the way that that fights used to go. Like that's the way that fights used to get rid. Come on, it's it, old school. Yeah, old school. But I mean, <laughs> the sport needs to evolve. Yeah, the, all, there there were once no weight school. classes too. But I mean, there's weight classes now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's bring it. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. <laughs> I'm old school. So you watched that, and there wasn't any part of you that was like, "What is this referee doing? This is uh, this is egregious." Oh yeah, like it was it was late, but. I don't know. Not gonna write home about it. Like I wouldn't. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I, I thought it was. I mean, I, I thought that. I thought Bobby like might have been dead. Like his body was lifeless out there, getting punched. I didn't understand. He wasn't even defending himself. I'm just. I'm in the just bleed group. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm... <laughs> I love it. All right. That's why people love you. Uh, you're way tougher than I am. Uh, speaking of which, can I ask about this tattoo? We haven't talked since the tattoo, the one on the chest. Uh, what does it represent? Nah, nothing. It's nothing. just a skull. <laughs> it's just a skull with uh, weapons coming out of it. Wow! And uh, and did it hurt? Nah, nah. Piece of puss, mate. Stop it. Here, this one, this part right here, that had to have hurt. Ah, that wasn't that, that wasn't too bad. Like uh, right there, like right on your your sternum bones. Like not the most not the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> not as bad as your feet. Like your feet, that's pretty bad. Right, right. I can see why not many people have their have their feet tattooed. But you gotta get you gotta get your feet. You know. Oh, my gosh. And and how long did that take? <laughs> well, my chest. Yeah. Um. Probably, I want to say, yeah, yeah, two like two days, two two sessions, like two full, uh, two full like eight nine hour days. Wow! And is this is this one of those things where you you tell your wife after the fact, or does she know? Like, do you get her permission before the fact? Nah, nah, she's uh, she's covered too. She's oh, okay. got uh, as many tattoos as I have. She's she's been getting covered as well this year. So she's got them all over her legs and her back and her chest and. She's nuts as well, mate. Everyone thinks it's me, but uh, we're in it together. All right. Fair. What does your daughter say about, like, you come home with a skull on your chest? Does she like it? Nah, she's not She's not scared of it. My my wife's got uh, snakes on her legs. She's more scared of the, the snakes on my wife's leg than, than, the skull on, than the skull on my chest. Wow. Are you done now? Is that it? Oh, I've got one more in. I've got one more booked in uh, in January. But after that, we'll see. What is that? And where is that? I'm not a magician never reveals his okay, magic fine, tricks, fine, bro. Sorry. You can't. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad, my bad. <laughs> if, if you tell people, if you tell people, you can get talked out of it. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Fair if you enough. just never if you just never tell anyone and you just go and do it, then then 
everyone just has to deal with it, you know? Fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh, <laughs> what are they saying about the arm? Like, realistically, when will it heal? And then realistically, when will you be able to fight? No, I can do it in, like, the same time frame. Like, I'll be back to training in, in uh, three months. Just, just, I never let it, it, it set at the start. Like, uh, uh. they gave me, like, a... They gave me like um like a smaller brace and it like allowed me to use it and then I was just doing stuff with it and lifting weights and just it never from the start. So this time they've put me in a there's no faith. They've put me in a concrete cast. <laughs> they're not letting me they're not <laughs> there's just absolutely no faith involved, which I need. I need to be protected from myself. And so it's just it's just set in stone. I'm doing I'm playing everything by the book this time. Okay. I'm not, I'm not crossing the line. I'm not, I'm not breaking any rules. I'm going to get this thing healed up. But now, like, uh, yeah, I think five months, five months is a, is a good target I've set myself. Um, you know, back in October, when we saw your, your, your friend and, and teammate Alex Volkanovsky fight on short notice against Islam, uh, he kept saying, I believe the term that he used was uh, it was it was doing his head in, which I think is uh, a term that that you guys would do like the 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 layoff. And what was crazy about that was he had only been away for three months. His last fight was in July, the same card as yours. And so yeah, you know yeah, some yeah, guys yeah. take off five six months. Uh, is this what you're referring to when you say that like you know when you joke about mental illness that like you just can't stay away? It's just so hard when you're on the sidelines. You need to go back out there even if you may not be a hundred percent. Yeah, it drives you drives you crazy sitting on the sidelines. Like, um, I don't, yeah, you get so um, so like helping on a on achieving what you set out to achieve, and you don't let anything like get in the way. So you break your arm or something happens, you just I don't know, you're just uh, obsessed. It's an obsession. You're obsessed with something. So when something gets in the way, like you, you, you look at it as like a challenge as opposed to something like actually stopping you. So what do you do now to scratch that itch? <clears throat> uh, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm um, like keeping my same routine, like keeping going to the gym every morning, like um, just staying like glued into the team and, and everything that's going on and helping my teammates where I can. Um, in a in a more like passive way like pointing out technical things or, or helping guys as i can see so that's like that's um how i'm getting through it this time is is still being part of the team still keeping my same routine still like keeping up to date with what uh the goings on in the gym and technically where everyone's um progressing so that's like that's that's a good way to help you were cornering this weekend right uh, not, not cornering. I just went and watched, uh, we have King of the Ring, which is like a huge kickboxing show here in New oh. Zealand. So I was, um, I was just screaming from the sidelines. I don't know if you call okay, it, okay. I don't know if you call it, call, abusing people from the first row is not, uh, I wouldn't say it's cornering. I, I saw on your, uh, your Instagram, I thought maybe, uh, it seemed like you were close to the action. So I thought maybe you were, uh, you were there to coach. Just ringside, baby. Best seat in the house. I love nah, it. No, there's definitely no coaching. There's no coaching involved. I was just instigating fist fights. Uh, is that something that you are going to do? Like, just because you like to be a part of it, do you think that when the the career is over, you will transition into being a full time coach? Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. For now, I'm just focused on uh, 
I'm focused on competing and fighting. Sure, sure, sure. Fair enough. Um, what did you think of uh, the main event? Uh, I'm sure you were interested in that as well. Armin and his win over Benil Dariush. Did that surprise you? Uh, <clears throat> not necessarily like surprised. He just kind of caught him cold, caught him early. Like Benil takes a few hits to, to get waking up, well, woken up. Um, yeah, just put him out like a light. That's two, two, two bad stoppages in a row for Benil. It'll be hard to um, be hard for him to claw his way back from this one. Yeah. Do you think Armin could beat Islam? Um, yeah, yeah, they had like a they had a pretty close fight um, sure. in the first one. Yeah, he could beat him. He's gotten a lot. Yeah, go fight him. I guarantee. I guarantee <laughs> he'll retire. He'll retire by the time uh, Armin gets there for sure. Why? Why do you say that? Too risky. There's too much risk. There's too many other easier fights um, out there. Like you'd rather fight. Uh, yeah, there's there's easier fights out there. Uh, meaning, uh, a st- like like the, the the bigger names who stylistically, maybe... yeah, style, yeah, 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 the bigger names, the bigger names who are actually gonna say like no one's gonna no one's gonna buy a Armin Sarukian pay per view. That's it's come on, if you, you know got, what I mean? No you... one's no one's tuning into the no one's tuning into the press conference. No one's buying. No one's given the eighty dollars for the pay per view. You'd rather watch uh, Islam fight McGregor or uh, Gagey or something like that. I I get your point, but uh, someone could have said that about Islam like two three years ago, right? Um, I think you could have said it before the uh, before they started getting all that money. Before they started getting the UAE money. Now uh. you can't say it. Now they got too much. Now they got deep pockets. I think before the deep pockets came into play, but now they got now they got deep pockets. Uh, but by the way, Armin's got some fire. Did you see that little uh, run in with Bobby in the hotel? He's got some fire. How has he got some fire? Well, I, saw, I mean, that was that was some drama, right? That got people talking about the fight. Yeah, yeah, bro, that's a dangerous game. Like what like striking brother, striking distances for striking. Like I don't, <laughs> if you wanna talk to me, if you wanna talk to me, talk to me from over there. But if you come that close, I'm gonna headbutt you like that. <laughs> that's that's silly, bro. That's silly. That's silly. On whose part? On Armin's part or Bobby's part? I'm that close, bro. Nah, come there like I'm gonna walk up that close, like that's not for me, like personally, that that distance is not for that's not for talking. You don't talk to someone that close. Right, tough spot for Bobby, though, right? Out of tough spot for Bobby is just like on his phone, distracted. But then he like he got his got back. He got his team. Uh, I saw the I saw the second video right. where um, <laughs> that was crazy. He, he, he went up to his he went up to his teammates, and then his teammates are jumping around like schoolgirls. They were making fools of themselves. Bro, I will beat I'll beat my own mates up if they were running around like that, making them they're making themselves look like fools. In the you're talking about the one in the lobby. Yeah, where they're jumping in the air and running around in circles and shit like that. They're just embarrassing themselves. Well, they had, he was trying to get revenge, I think. Yeah, yeah, but the other like Armand's boys, like Bobby's Bobby's walking up on them for a fight. Right. And then Arma's mates run around in circles and they're jumping in the air and running away. 
Okay, I got like you. little girls have a fight. This is that simple. Okay, fair enough. Have you ever been uh, in a position like that where an opponent or someone that you you know were circling or like you said, you were in a hotel, you're about to fight and someone comes up to you like that? Um, in the UFC. Oh, I've never like. I don't care. I stay, like anyone knows that. Um, like fight week and stuff. I just walk around by myself. Like this is this is business. Like that's for show. Like walking up to Bobby Green with a camera behind you. Like that's for show. This is all for this is all for show. This is all for show. Like there's cameras everywhere. There's security there. Like I know full well if you wanted to get at someone. Like, if you legitimately wanted to attack someone or get at someone, you could do it 100%. You could track them down. You could find them. You could catch them by yourself. Like, no cameras. You could get at someone. So I know uh, that this is all just for show and for attention and, and, and to attract someone like that. And this is like our job. You know what I mean? It's it's. But self-defense is self-defense, my friend. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you still have interest in fighting Bobby Green despite what happened on Saturday? Um, nah, I think that's, that's, yeah, like, I, I think, uh, I think the interest is from, like, the fans in that is, is kind of deflated in that fight. Okay. <clears throat> who, who would interest you upon your return? I know we're a little bit far out but is there nah I got a broken arm bro I'm not uh, gonna talk shit with a broken arm I'm not arm, saying like, talk shit people out, like, yeah. to, just to who, who's who keeps you know who who's in your thoughts but, uh, like, by the time by the time I get back there like the whole division w- w- would have changed the um I saw a, like a tweet this morning like no one in the top 15 has a fight for for lightweight like no one is booked for a fight so in the next by the time I get back to training and back to action Two three months, the whole the whole division will be booked up, and there'll be there'll be all you have to think is who don't anyone want to fight, and then that's probably who I'll end up fighting. Perhaps it's Arman. Perhaps it's Arman. I don't like the guy. I think he's an idiot. I think he's annoying. Can he fight? A hundred percent. The guy is a very talented, very talented young fighter, um, but he's just annoying. He's just a dweeb. I just don't like him. Uh, is it because of that incident or is it because of something else? Nah, like he's always talked shit at me in the past. Like he's just super, um, he's just like super, he's just like disrespectful to, to like guys that have been doing it a long time. And that's just like, uh, that's just like youth. That's just, um, cause I used to be the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're coming up and you're killing everyone and you're, and you're full of beans, um, yeah, you start talking wild about like the older guys, and then when you get there, and you're like, oh yeah, you understand the game better. So I feel like he'll he'll like learn and mature with time. But at the moment, he's just an idiot. What's he said about you? Everyone likes you. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember. Not everyone likes me, Ariel. That's <laughs> not, and I don't even, and I. <laughs> That's a lie. No, don't, what don't, t- don't lie to me, Ariel. You're, you're, I thought we had, a, what I thought are you we had an honest relationship. You, uh, I feel like you're every, you know, you're everyone loves Dan Hooker. I've never heard anyone really. Who's talked shit about you? Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, everyone that's likes right. me. Ariel. That's right. I'm trying to lift your spirits I'll up. Go with that. This, during... I like. I like. <laughs> 
We'll go with your story. During like this it, downtime, it, it would be good. I, I see you have the Christmas tree there, uh, but it's summertime in, in New Zealand, right? What a weird yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It's a bit different down here. You have a barbecue, you, you, you throw the rugby ball around in the backyard in the sun. That's what we do. That's what we do. Oh, my gosh. I love everything. And and how is Izzy doing? Israel is doing okay? No, nah, he's all good. He's all good. He's just taking some time to, um, yeah, just let us, like, let some injuries he's been carrying for years um, kind of get better. You he's know, all good. He's all good. He's just He's just relaxing, recovering. You know, it's one that I would love to see down the line because I was thinking about you and who you could. I know it's going to take some time, but Dustin Poirier is still kind of out there. You know what I mean? He he doesn't have a, a a home right now. He can't he can't find the fight that excites him. One more time, I feel like you versus Dustin in a crowd would be a lot of fun, right? In front of people, yeah, like that. That was like that was like my my original. Um... Like beating Bobby and then carrying the momentum off that, I think uh, that would have um, interested Dustin. That like would have got him out of bed. But yeah, 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 yeah. That's the that one. was that was my that was my original that was my original plan, sir. Oh my gosh, I would love to but see it's that been, one. It's been foiled. My plan has been foiled. No, maybe maybe we just come back to that plan. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the one that you come back to. We could we could we could. You'd have to you'd have to ask him. All right. I will I'm, I'm obviously I'm obviously in. You've obviously got half of a half of the team agreeing to it. Okay, I'm going to work on that, and then I'm going to send the papers to uh, <laughs> to Hunter and Dana. Right? <laughs> Don't you announce the fight, or it'll get canceled no, the no, next day. What? What's the? <laughs> that's a low blow. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's not very nice, Dan. Um, well, oh, I'm just teasing. No, I'm just teasing. no, it's all good. It's, it's all just good. a jibe. It's just a jibe. Sure, Friendly sure. jibe. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take it on the chin. Uh, I'm glad that you're in good spirits. <laughs> I hope that you're able to keep active despite the uh, the arm. You can work on the left hand, right? You can just do left hand exercises, just throw, you know? I do. I do. I do. Okay. I do. Okay, good. <laughs> That's good. I'm happy to hear that. And... Uh, we miss you out there. We missed you on Saturday and hope that you're back in, in no time. I'll be back before you know it, boys. I'll be back before the doctor recommends. Nah, nah, no, I'm listening please. to the doctor this time. <laughs> I will not be back before the doctor gives me the all clear. And I, I feel like this is where the uh, I feel like the left is where the tattoo is coming. It feels like it's too it's too naked over there. I feel like something over here is happening, right? Yeah? All right, we'll see. Stay tuned. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Stay tuned, boys. Watch right. my next trip. All right. Uh, take care, Dan. All the best to you and your family. Happy holidays and uh, have a speedy recovery. Thank you, sir. All right. Great to talk to you as always. There he is. Hangman, Dan Hooker. Interesting stuff there. Looking to come back four or five months. You know, sometimes what a, what a, what a wide array of characters on today's program to go from Misha Tate to Dan Hooker. Um, missed him out there that would have been a fun fight uh and uh unfortunately for bobby it didn't go his way we'll see if they try to run it back and he is right is it true that not a single fighter in the uh in the lightweight division top 15 top 15 yeah look at the options for dan hooker could you imagine dan hooker versus benoit saint denis could you imagine dan hooker versus armaturkian could you imagine uh, Hainato Moicano out there. I mean, there's just options galore. 
options galore. Uh, coming up in a matter of moments, the uh, aforementioned Armin Sarukian, and then we'll round out the day with another member of the lightweight division, uh, the one and only Michael Chandler. So stay tuned for all of that. Plus, we will check in with the Parlay Pals. Speaking of the Parlay Pals, I do want to let you know that this weekend there's a lot to like in the world of combat sports. You have PFL Europe finale, tremendous stuff, in Dublin on Friday. Names like Simeon Powell and Nate Kelly and Dakota Cheva, they're going to be competing on the card. That's this Friday at the Three Arena in Dublin. Uh, you've got the UFC Apex finale for 2023. That's Song Yadong against Chris Gutierrez. Also the return of Anthony Smith uh, going up against one Khalil Roundtree Jr. And I hear the Iron Turtle is on the card. That's correct. Junyong Park fight week. Big stuff. This is what people are saying. By the way, this is my DraftKings ad read. I was just trying to get into it. Usually there's music. You usually want to like shout out. I'm going, I'm going, it was, it, I felt like, you know. Also, spe- it's partly boys. Uh, whatever. It's I just speaking, I'm today. reading. I feel like we're not quite, there it is. Uh, can I ask you a question, Frank? What's up? How come DraftKings gets music but not Cash App? Uh, Cash App gets a jingle. All right, wow. I feel like you can do jingle and music. Let's try it. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm just saying. It sounds nice. My money don't jiggle jiggle. It folds. I'd like to see you wiggle wiggle for sure. Do you know that song? Yes. It makes me want to tingle tingle. I'm trying to get Armin on. <laughs> Driving in my Fiat. You really have to see it. Six feet two in a compact. No oh, slack. Wait a minute. Yes? 2022 is on the phone. They want ah, to stop doing this. Stop that, Frank. That's Louis Theroux right there. Oh, my gosh. If anyone out there is looking to watch an incredible piece of content, please go check out Louis Theroux's sit-down interview with Anthony Joshua. Incredible stuff. One of the best interviews with a fighter that I've seen in quite some time. And it's not really an interview because, like, he's following him for the week and he's in the locker room and backstage for his fight against Jermaine Franklin back in uh, April. But just amazing stuff. I love Louis Theroux. Uh, I aspire to be one-tenth as talented as he is. Him and AJ. Never seen AJ in this light before. Calm, relaxed, affable. It was great to see. So go check that out. Louis Theroux, uh, Anthony Joshua on the BBC iPlayer, I think it is. Uh, Highly, highly, highly recommended. Okay, what about Saturday night? What about the main event? What about what the pride of Armenia, Armin Sarukian did against Benil Dariush, knocking him out in just 64 seconds? Initially, I thought it was the knee. Then the replay showed the right hand. The internet told me that I was a moron because everyone's an expert out there. It doesn't matter. It's now three in a row. He's now very much a player at 155. And we are thrilled to have him on the program. Let us say hello to Armin Sarukian. Hello, Armin, my friend. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm good. How are you? I- I'm doing really well. Thank you for joining us. It's great to have you, and congratulations on the win. Thank you for inviting. Thank you. Uh, what is it like, less than 48 hours removed from the biggest win of your career, uh, all eyes on you against a guy like Benil? You're, you're a pretty calm, mild-mannered guy, but, I mean, what is, what is life like on a Monday waking up after accomplishing something like that? You know, after fight, I was more happy than now because now I just understood like I I didn't achieve my goal yet. So I gotta work, keep doing, and uh, 
when I get my gold and then I can be happy. So, and uh, I came back to the gym, so can't wait to start to train and uh, to get new fight coming, coming uh, up. You know, this reminds me of a famous quote from Kobe Bryant when someone said to him, "Like, why aren't you more happy? Why aren't you happier?" after the uh, win in the finals and he said the job isn't done so for you the job isn't done yet you'll be you'll be happier on the monday yeah. when you win the title sure okay can i ask you uh I, I said when i was watching it it happened so quickly i thought it was the knee that knocked him out but then we saw the right hand did the knee connect at all no uh, not it at was all. like a fake you know and uh if he if he stayed there on that position yeah but he like uh he wanted like escape from the knee and forgot about hand. So, but hand uh, was already there, and like it was like, uh, you know, we we were working a lot on this combination. This is an incredible combination to yeah. see the the knee fake so, and the right and hand. The, wow. Yeah, I'm gonna post a video probably in a few days what we did on the legroom before fight. So that exactly combination I I've been doing all my training camp. So was it something about him and his stance and his style that made you think that this would work? Yeah, because uh, when you kick him, he he always drop his uh, left hand. You know, like when you do like when you kick him, he drop his hand. Especially when you like do like deep, he's try to like uh, you know move your leg, and that's why I was like after like kick or knee, you gotta throw right hand. You know, and uh, it was almost like. We were watching like all his fights together with my coaches, and uh, we figure out how we can knock him out, and that's why I was super confident when uh, I went there. So, and I told people I'm gonna knock him out, and uh, like to show good performance. But did you think that quickly? Not that quickly, but yeah. I thought like maybe second round. But like was super super. Uh, I didn't even sweat so was crazy it's my it's i think it's uh first time in ufc i like and uh i finished in the first round so what is that feeling like you have such a big fight main event you're preparing all day for several months and you don't even break a sweat like when you go back to the locker room do you do anything just to break the sweat just to feel like you 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 did some big exercise <laughs> Uh, no, no. When, when I came at the gym and my sparring partner said, man, we work so much like on your wrestling, on the fan, like, he, and you knock him out so fast. You didn't show everybody your wrestling or your striking and like just knock him out and that's it. You like, we like, we have been working so hard for this fight and like was super quick and like, no, we, we just, uh, they're just joking, you know, but like, uh, so was super good um i'm I'm happy so like uh, it was super fast and uh, i wanna i wanna do same thing on my next fight um i know you've been in the main event before but this is a lot different this was in a big arena uh a lot more attention different time of course from a couple of years ago what was it like to have the whole you know spotlight on you as as a main event fight in a great city like austin you know when i fight with crowd i feel better you know because when i see my my people around me flags armenian flags russian flags you know it's like motivate me and when i was on the in the on the cage uh 
and I saw the Armenian people, like my people around me, brothers, sisters, you know, and I said, no way someone can beat me tonight. So I'm going to win or die. So, and like, I was, that's why I was super confident. And like, I said, this is my day and uh, I'm going to knock him out right now and like jump from the cage and go to my, uh, to hug my brother. So it was like exactly what I was expecting. Yeah, I was gonna just ask you, uh, who who was that that you went to when you? Uh... It's my it's my brother. It's my old brother. He came, he he came to help me. He is not fighter, but like he used to be a wrestler. So you know, like he's uh, my closest guy. You know, like I mean, like family. Hmm. Uh, I know from talking to uh, one of your co-managers, Danny Rubenstein, that sometimes it's hard to find you a fight because a lot of fighters. Uh, aren't very willing to, you know, step in there with you. Do you think that now it's going to be even harder to find you a fight because of this performance? Or is it, like, have you reached the point now where there's nowhere to run, like people can't turn you down anymore? No, they can't run anymore. So they got to they gotta take this fight and fight with me because tomorrow I'm going to be ranked number three or four. Hopefully it's going to be three. I don't want to be in number four. And uh, so top three lightweight, and like, I think it makes sense to fight with me now. And uh, uh, yeah, so I think now it's gonna be easier to find uh, to find fights for me for my manager. Yeah, uh, that that to me is almost like the 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 best thing for you to happen as a result of Saturday. Because no disrespect to Joaquim Silva or Demiris Magulov, now you knock out Benil Darius. There's no no one can say, oh, who have you beaten? What have you done? Like, oh, you're a tough guy, but you haven't earned your stripes anymore no one can say that now you're very much in that title picture that's the way i feel it you know how, how the the best thing that's happened from saturday yeah it's the same like you know islam had same situation he never like uh he never beat uh, top five fighters before when he fought for the title but hopefully i already beat number four so that's why uh I'm waiting for the call from my manager and tell like Arman, you're going to fight for the title. So this is the best case scenario for me. Do, do you really think you can bypass Charles Oliveira? Why not? Uh, only because it seems like they promised it to Charles. So that's who promised it. Uh, Donna? The, yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, and maybe you know something different. Maybe you spoke to him on Saturday and you know something different. I don't know. I haven't spoke with them, but for me, it doesn't matter. So, uh, so he pulled out from the last fight, and he just beat Darush and lost Islam. So it's like ninety nine percent he's gonna lose Islam. So if they wanna see that fight, yeah, go ahead. But if they wanna see a new generation, new fighter, and like they gotta put me on the on that fight and. Uh, I'm going to show the world, like, who is the best oh. in our division. And, and like, I'm going to give him the competitive fight in his life. Uh, we, we just spoke to uh, Dan Hooker on the show, and he, he says there's no way that Islam is going to fight you because you're, you're too tough of a matchup for him, that he'll, he'd rather... This is what Dan said, uh, that he'd rather retire than, than fight someone like you. Do, you. do you believe that is true? No, it's not true because Islam, he's a, uh, he is very confident and uh, so he's not uh, like, uh, he is a real, you know, fighter. I think like if you see, I'm going to tell him, hey, you got to fight with Zarman, 
he's gonna say, okay, give me Armand, doesn't matter. I'm gonna like he's confident and he feels he's gonna beat everybody and like as me too. But like uh, different, like if you're gonna say Gage or Poirier or Oliveira, they're gonna try to find easy fight for them. And no, Oliveira not. But like Gage, Poirier, yeah, they try to find like someone who is like you know striker and like you know from top five. And they never they never fought with someone from like top ten or top fifteen. You know. Uh, I know you're you're at American Top Team right now, and uh, Dustin Poirier trains there as well. W- would you accept the fight against them? Yes, I do. But uh, to be honest, I don't want to fight with him because he lost last fight. It it doesn't make sense to fight to him. And uh, if I beat him, people say, "Oh, he just lost last fight." Like you know, how you want to fight for the title? I need a, someone who like definitely after that fight, I'm gonna get title fight. It's like. Gagey or Oliveira. So if Oliveira thinks he's the number one contender and he got a fight, so let's let's fight and like let's figure out who is number one. And then uh, if he wins, he can go to the to the title. If I win, I I'll go. But that's the He's a legend, right? I mean, a win over him is is yeah, a really oh, big deal. Definitely. No, 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 no. He's a legend. He he's a. Uh, I mean, like, I just respect him. He's a tough fighter, and he won a title. It's it was like, what's the call that interimment or what? Uh, yeah, interim title. That? Interim title. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's a big deal. So he he beat a lot of good people, and uh, he's very uh, good fighter. And like, especially to watch his fight is always exciting. You know. And uh, I just, I'm just telling, like, it doesn't make sense to fight him because if I win him, and people gonna say, oh, he just like lost to Gage, and like, what do you want, kid? Like, you gotta. But if I beat Oliveira or Gage, yeah, I'm like 99.9 percent. I'm gonna fight for the title. How would that work in the gym with someone like uh, Dustin? Like, if if you're fighting him, would you just train at different times? No, we're gonna train sometimes, but just American Top Team is a big gym. Okay, and uh, so we have a two cages, and uh, uh, we can train separate. But hopefully, uh, next uh, he, uh, next next opponent uh, gonna be not him. Yeah, do you think uh, uh, Justin Gaethje type would would take that fight? Uh, with me? Yeah. Uh, uh he has to he has to take this fight who uh does he want to fight i don't know i mean i think he wants to wait for a title shot too oh my god like how one year <laughs> i know well he fought in july but yes no i understand i would like to see yeah, you fight one, one year, of these guys yeah like maybe we can fight for the, the bmf title why not he can make money and i can make money so He's like confident guy. He gotta take this fight, make money, and give me that belt. Uh, I wanna get. I wanna get two belts. I understand. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Um, could I ask? Uh, last Wednesday, I was doing the show. I was sitting right here uh, when when someone tweeted out that they were doing an interview with Bobby Green and something happened, and then we saw the footage of what happened in the hotel. The part that I just yeah. didn't know was what led to all of that. Why did it happen? Uh, it seemed like you were upset about something that he said. Could you, could you just shed some light on why that whole thing happened between you two? Uh, 
Yeah, I saw his interview and like he said, like I'm a suck fighter, sucks something like that, like boring. He like when he watch when he watch my fights, he's like falling asleep, something like that. But like okay, and like he he doesn't respect me. He is uh, he just respect Benil. You're like bitch. How you can tell like me? You don't respect me. Like how, you don't know me even. How you can tell you don't respect me? You just gotta shut your mouth and that's it. Like, and I can't just tell you. I I didn't want to touch him. He just like move uh, like touch me. And that's why I touch him. And uh, I just wanted to tell him like don't talk shit about me. If you're gonna talk shit, we gotta like figure out that you know I'm like I'm, I I don't know if you know like we're a little bit different guys. We can like we can say about like sound he's a suck and like just because of he's bad fighter you know he can be bad fighter but he maybe he's a uh, he he cannot be a suck you know mm-hmm. so you wanted to say that to him and then we saw everything that happened and then yeah i just want yeah i just wanted to say him and he said get out and like pushed me and i pushed him back and okay uh and then when i went to the to, to my room two of my teammates were was on the on the lobby and the uh, they met met each other and like pushed each other or like punched each other. I don't know. So I wasn't there when I came there. Uh, there were a lot of bodyguarders and uh, I, we couldn't like touch each other. So hopefully, hopefully nothing happened uh, serious and uh, hopefully I have never, I never seen him again. And uh, yeah, if I see him, well, it could be a bad situation. Uh, I was just going to ask you, so like Saturday at the arena, all that stuff, you didn't see him again? Yeah, I didn't see him because the bodyguards, they didn't let me go to the hotel and I I couldn't stay there last days. And uh, because of, you know, uh, maybe something happened, you know. Oh, you had to move Uh, hotels? You had to change hotels? Yeah, I, I I was living at Airbnb. Oh, wow. Okay. Because yeah, of because, what happened? Because, uh, I mean, a lot of Armenians guys was were, were there, you know, like maybe it's like for safety, you know, to be yeah. like separate. And I think it's right uh, because everybody came to watch fights and uh, can't imagine if someone pulled out and like show is not going to be good. So the UFC uh, works very well and uh, they tried to avoid that situation and they did. That's Very good. well. That's good. Um, did, like, if you would have gone downstairs, would you have like would you have engaged in a fight with him before a main event for you? Say it again. Like you said, you came downstairs. Your 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 teammates were in the lobby, and you were in the room, and then you went down to the lobby. But there were a bunch of bodyguards there. Were you going to try to? Yeah. W- would you have fought him? We wa- we wanted, but bodyguards <laughs> didn't let us. But fight. you have your main event. You you it could have it could have yeah, taken but, everything away. But. But when you see your like teammates there and like they're fighting, how you can stop? But you you can't control yourself, especially like, you know, it's like I can't explain. If my brother there, I'm gonna die. You know, like I can die for my brother easy. So, and uh, I mean, yeah. So okay. But hopefully nothing happened serious and like, and uh, Bobby Green, uh, uh, he lost his fight and like. He's a trash fighter. I can tell that because that's right. 
and uh, and uh, that's it. Uh, I can I can I I want to forget about the situation and about Bobby, Bobby Green because he doesn't deserve to talk about him. Fair enough. Uh, can I one last one? If the UFC said, "Hey, you guys had this thing, we want to book you guys," would you accept that fight? Uh, oh my God, maybe. Uh, maybe Burnacle and on Apex. Okay. Without crowd and without crowd, without video, you know, just like die or win, you know, and like without referee. Oh God! Like a street fight. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I I I would like to accept that fight. You know, I just just kill them no. on, on that cage and that's it. Okay, that's a little too intense. Uh, because because like to fight with him like it's disrespectful for me like he's a he's a, he lost last his fight and I don't know how he he was in top fifteen because he's the he's zero you know it's like easy money for me. The stoppage was too late though. Would you agree with that? Like it it went on too long. I no 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 no. It was uh, the referee let them punch more. Ah come on. He should stop. He should stop maybe five more uh, five more minutes. Oh let, my gosh. let him be like. It was horrible. Oh, it was good. I was happy. <laughs> you, you see, when I was <laughs> when like fight uh, was like done, I was so happy when I uh, when I went to the cage. I was so happy, and my friend asked me why you were like laughing because like you know I'm happy like Bobby Green fell asleep. Oh man! And then you got the big knockout. So you know sometimes people don't like to watch the fights. Maybe it it helped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like fighters, we are fighters. We are like, uh, you know, different. We have like different uh, uh, mind. You know, we are like uh, killers. So we are a little bit different. No, no, I understand, hundred uh, percent. Uh, can I ask, uh, in a, in a perfect world, because you know, such a short fight, sixty four seconds. When would you like to return? Uh, I, w- I would like to fight in. Uh, UFC 300 because it's a uh, I, I think it's gonna be the biggest uh, card in the world and oh, I mean in uh, biggest card in that year or like in the past five years and it's kind of dream because when I was young uh, I just had uh, maybe a couple of fights and I was watching Gigard Musasi because he's also Armenian and he he was fighting on uh, uh, UFC 200. And uh, the canvas was uh, yellow or yeah. something like that. And uh, I said, oh, my God, so cool. And uh, can't imagine if I'm going to fight uh, UFC 300 and UFC 400 because I'm young. Yeah. I'm just like became 27 years old and uh, I can fight in 300 and 400 and maybe 450. Golly. Uh, do you have any kind of relationship with Gegard? One of my my favorite people in MMA yeah. history. You you have a relationship with him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know him personally, but we always chat, like and uh, like to say good words and like to support each. Uh, we support each other, and uh, yeah, he's very human. And uh, two of the uh, my favorite fighters was Gegard and uh, uh, and Benil Darius when I was young. I mean, like really? because they're very. I mean, because they're very, uh, they don't like talk shit a lot. They fight good, you know, and uh, very interesting to watch their fights. Wow. And now you just beat one of them. Yeah, but it's, 
It's my job. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, circle of life. Uh, by the way, how did you end up in Florida at, at top team? Uh, From Armenia? Were you living in Armenia or Russia? No, I'm living in Russia. Okay. I'm living in Russia. Yeah. Uh, I came I came here when I signed contract with UFC after Islam Akacha fight. Uh, yeah, so I came, uh, I come often to Miami. And maybe in the future I'm gonna move here. We'll see. Okay, so here, so you live in Russia and you just come to train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm living. I'm. I, I live in Russia. I come to train here and then go to Russia back. So I like Russia. I love. I like. I like live there because people can't talk shit about you and uh, don't get punched from you. Oh gosh! Wow. Uh, in America, same thing happens. No, I mean, there's some. There's yeah, but some... like people are afraid to fight. Uh, on the street, not in like rush. Okay, fair. Do you get a lot of love from Armenia? Like back home, uh, are they covering you? Are they showing you a lot of love? Of course, yeah. They support very well. I love it. I'm sorry. No, no problem. Just a second. Uh, yeah, they support me very well, Armenian people, because I'm Armenian. I speak Armenian, and uh, yeah, but I was born in Georgia. All my relatives live in Georgia, so oh, my wow. parents speak Georgian too. So it's kind of you know so you have armenia georgia uh, and russia so i was born in georgia but i'm I'm armenian we speak armenian but my mom and dad speak georgian also we moved to russia when i was two years old and like i live all my life in russia so wow so which one like uh like which flag do you feel like best represents you russia uh no armenia because like i'm armenian like 100 gotcha. percent. but i live russia I'm like I'm saying everybody. I'm a Russian fighter. Yeah. Uh, I'm a Russian fighter, but represent Armenia. Okay. And Georgia too. Uh, I just tell people I was born in Georgia. You know, like I go uh, like two times a year because, you know, my relatives live there. Still. Okay. Um, what do you think this this time next year, end of 2024? Where's Where's Armin Sarukian? Where are you at in your career? 2024. December 2024. I'm have a belt. Oh, wow. December 2024, I'm going to have a BMF belt and a UFC belt. Wow. So you think, you think your next fight is Justin Gaethje, and then you, you fight Islam and you beat him by this time next year. What a year that would be for you. It's going to be the best year. Wow. This year was good, too. It's a great year. Yeah, yeah. But that's a, I mean, that's yeah. a big time. That's being... Two uh, belt holders, two belts to hold yeah. both of them. That's... Why not we? Yeah, why not we gotta uh, think about the best case scenario, right? Sure, sure, sure. No, hundred percent. Yeah, if you're gonna think, oh, I just wanna win one fight, you're gonna win one fight, and that's it. Sure. Okay. You gotta like achieve the maximum what you want. And 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 who has improved more in your opinion since your your debut against Islam? You or him? Uh, me because I'm younger and I have more time to improve myself more because, you know, like I just got 27 years old. I I have uh, three four years more to get to that prime, you know. Mm. And like so, he is now 31 years old or 32. And like when I'm gonna be 31 or 32, I think my skills gonna be uh, like better than him. What What was the biggest lesson that you learned from that fight? 2019, you're making your debut short notice against Islam Makhachev. What did you learn from that? Uh, oh, 
think he got a call and uh, unfortunately hung up. What is going on? What is this? Oh, we had the Misha uh, doll right over there. There she was. Um, let's just reconnect very quickly. I, I think that was like my last question. Why does that always seem to happen? Last question. Tough question. Yeah, it's a tough question. You're right, Frank. Uh, He's coming back. All right. We're going to uh, reconnect with him in a moment. Here we go. Oh, there he is. Hey. Uh, no, no. Do we have him? Should work. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm here. Oh, yes. I was just asking, what was the biggest lesson that you learned from that uh, debut against against uh, Islam back in 2019? Uh, don't take short notice. Oh, you regret right. that? You regret it? No, for that for that time it was good because you know it was chance to get in UFC. That's why. But like, if you wanted to ask me, if you ask me before, maybe I I should wait and like uh, do a couple more fights and like sign with UFC, uh, you know, uh, and like get fight before two months and like get get ready very well. Right. Do you think if you would have had, even though you were younger, do you think if you would have had a full training camp, that fight, you win it? I think so, yeah. I love it. That's great confidence. Thanks so much. You got to be confident. Yeah, of course. Why? Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, Well, Armin, uh, congratulations on the win. Incredible stuff. And looking forward to a big year for you in 2024. Good luck to you. Let's go. Let's talk 2024 and the end of year. <laughs> okay, we will. We'll see if it came true. BMF and title. I look forward to it. Let's go. Bye. All right, bye-bye. There he is, Armin Tarukian. Uh, that is a star in the making right there in the uh, lightweight division. What a guy. I felt like he was kind of looking into my soul there. Anyone else? Yeah, I love the uh, just like, deadpan as well <laughs> saying like he wants to kill somebody oh my god very intense I, I like it yes i was like okay uh hopefully not me um you know peace and love peace and love uh that i don't is, think he felt the same way you don't think he felt you you think he didn't like no, me? i'm not saying about you i'm saying oh. peace and love peace and okay. love. He's like now nah, the ref should have gone five more minutes oh my gosh poor bobby green um yeah that was horrible carrie hatley uh, I'll ask the uh, the guys about that in a moment. We have one guest left, my friends, and uh, it's a biggie. Uh, everyone was wondering what is up with this guy. Are we going to see him back? Unfortunately, we didn't see him in action in 2023, but we did, of course, uh, see him on The Ultimate Fighter. A lot of big news. You know, he has his, uh, his business hat on at times, and he's got a lot of things going on. He's always keeping active, so he's not exactly sitting on the couch eating potato chips or uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. He's got a lot going on. And so without further ado, let us end today's guest run on this show with the great Michael Chandler, who's kind enough to join us once again. Always great to talk. Wow, look at this setup, Mike. Every time you level up on the setup, what is this camera? Your hey, ca- man. Your camera's better than mine. I'm just trying to keep up with, I'm just trying to keep up with you, dude. I've been watching you for a decade, man. Wow. Come on now. This is a, this is a high-end <laughs> camera right here. It's like film quality. I feel like you're in the studio mm. right now. This is amazing. Are you at home yeah, right now? I'm trying to do. I am home. This is my home studio, man. Wow. You know, trying to level up, man, in every area of life. I've been a... Uh, on hiatus for a year so uh you know we're just uh, we're doing some we're doing some things outside the cage what a pun well done that's why you're a pro yeah on hiatus yeah. uh you made an announcement this morning 
Could you tell us what it was? I did. I did. Yeah. Um, a little over a year ago, I tried my favorite tequila on the planet called hiatus tequila. And I knew from the very first sip, I wanted more of it, but I also wanted to be involved more. So I got in touch with the owner and founder, Christopher DeSoto. And I would like to announce I am a investor and owner of hiatus, uh, tequila. So we are, uh, out setting out to revolutionize and change the view of uh, what tequila is, just like I've always tried to change the view of what a fighter is. Obviously, here I am doing things outside of just fighting. So Right. Now, how do you revolutionize tequila? Well, in today's market where you see so many celebrity brands or anybody coming in, standing up brand new, brand new tequilas, throwing a bunch of additives and flavors and different rectifications and glycerins and all kinds of stuff throughout the process, making it as deep as possible to make the highest margins, our founder, Christopher DeSoto, who is a huge tequila connoisseur, actually lived eight years in Mexico, wanted to create a tequila that is for tequila people, a tequila that is uh, made the way tequila was supposed to be intended to be, uh, very far away from, a far cry from what a lot of the newer stuff on the markets are these days. Um, so Hiatus Tequila was born a couple of years ago. I loved it so much that I wanted to come on board and not just come on board as a ambassador or a, a guy who pushed the brand, but somebody who was actually in, uh, in the business behind the brand. And, uh, we've, uh, traveled a couple places already. We are in New York city. Um, oh. we are in New York. New York is one of our markets. I'm going to Indiana this week. I was in Florida last week. So we're out there, uh, spreading the word of what hiatus tequila is. Uh, like others in the past, did you think of launching your own brand? I did. Yeah. And that is, it's, it's good because there's a, there's a, a nice long barrier to entry to actually start your own brand. Uh, obviously these days with people who have crazy amounts of resources and crazy amounts of platform, the different celebrities and these different business people who can come in and, and crack the market pretty quickly. Um, it still takes a very long time. So for me, instead of inventing my own, starting my own, um, I found one that I really, really liked. Um, in my opinion, it's the best. And uh, that's why I'm willing to stake my name and, and, and put my name and reputation behind it. And, you know, like a lot of people know, I don't just put my name behind anything. It's something I, I have to truly believe in and not just believe in the product, but believe in the people. And uh, here we are. We're finally getting to announce it because it's been months and months and months. We've been keeping the secret. And and just curious, I mean, like I, I've seen you. You have, I mean, I don't know. Do you have like 2% body fat? How much body fat do you have on you? I mean, one and a half. Yeah, about one. And a, I, come I, on. I, I'm right around that one and a half. Is it true? No, I mean. A little bit more than that. Oh, definitely more than that. Uh, okay. I don't think you got, can really. I would believe you. I, I would believe you. By the way, <laughs> if you had one and a half, but like, how does tequila yeah, fit in the diet? Well, it, I mean, I'm not drinking it uh, pre and post workout. You okay. know, uh, it, but but it is funny too. You know, I actually threw out a, a a little teaser, and a couple people picked up on it, and obviously now people are seeing it that it's uh, that it's a hundred percent done deal, and a lot of people think I don't even drink, right? Uh, which I guess is a good thing, but just because I'm not constantly posting about it or constantly um, promoting it, if you will, and out there partying doesn't mean I don't like to kick back, relax with people I know, love, trust, and enjoy to be around and uh, sip on some tequila responsibly and, uh, and enjoy a little hiatus. Because similar to you and a lot of people out there, um, when you're always on and you're always thinking about the next thing, you're always working, you're always got your business hat on, or for me, it's my fitness hat or my training hat. Um, sometimes it's nice to just kick back, shut everything off and uh, pour a nice glass of hiatus tequila and actually be off. Uh, off the clock. So I do drink. I do drink responsibly, um, just not too much in excess. We've talked about Cram Nutrition. That was the uh, the peanut butter mm -hmm. and jelly that I was referring to. This. How many businesses do you have outside of fighting? 
Uh, five or six, um, speed fitness. I'm the chief, chief athletic officer there. So helping with innovating the product and also building it out to, uh, to the masses, uh, both at home and commercially. Uh, we have our walk on fitness app. I'm invested in a lot of real estate. Um, what else we got? A couple things. Um, so it's, you know, it's, uh, as I said, I have been on hiatus the last year, which was kind of a, a pun, obviously, cause that is the name of our tequila brand, but between fights, um, I'm always thinking about what I can do post-fight career. What can I do now that's going to get me and my family to the position where we can continue to thrive long after I laid the the uh, the gloves down? And I actually, uh, ever since the, the Bellator tournament, that first $100,000 check that I got over those three fights, I bought my first house there uh, in Las Vegas and then parlayed that into a new house and then have now done a bunch of investments. Man, every single dollar that I've ever made, I set aside X amount for taxes and then every single other dime of it has been gone into investments to set myself up for, uh, for the future. So did any mentor, any fighter at the beginning of your career tell you, you know, I don't need to tell you, but there's a lot of fighters who don't do any of this, right. And they're just so focused on today and then the career ends and then they're in deep trouble. Did anyone tell you that you have to do this while you were fighting and, and, and thus you are putting that into practice? Yeah, I mean, the two guys actually that I followed into the sport, Tyron Woodley and Ben Askren, they both had that kind of entrepreneurial kind of brain. You know, Tyron always looked at himself like a business, not just an athlete. Ben the same way. Ben has very, very successful um, wrestling academies across Wisconsin and Minnesota and Iowa and all those different areas. He's doing great. Tyron's doing great as well. Um, But even past that, and I've just been very, very blessed with uh, a deep, deep, relationship capital bank um just the guys that i've been around businessmen around the world um ways that they that these guys are investing in other companies building other companies building up their relationship capital bank um to be able to build companies outside of just what they do if you maybe i i am friends with a speaker but he doesn't just speak he uses the money from speaking to then turn into other businesses or become a spokesperson for other businesses so um it's always been something I've been interested in. I always knew, or I always, I always kind of shied away from the fact that, or the notion that if I'm a fighter, I have to be a hundred percent a fighter. I could be a hundred percent a fighter and be on my off time, focusing on businesses outside of the cage, focusing on financial literacy, focusing on doing good business with good people that will uh, carry me on into the rest of my life long after putting the gloves down uh, and, and my fight career is over. Are you annoyed that you didn't fight um, in 2023? Um, annoyed, um, frustrated at times. Absolutely. You know, annoyed, maybe a little bit here and there because, you know, we, we, we get that rush. We love, we love fighting. We love competing. I do train a lot. So it's hard to, it is hard to train even me, even being known as the guy who trains a lot. And, and I live this life. It is hard to, to have your training, but not have that, that carrot dangled in front of you. And that, that light at the end of the tunnel of an actual date. Um, but if, uh, you know, anybody who has seen all of my fights in the UFC thus far, or even the fights before that, I've been extremely active over the last 15 years. It's been a 15 year career, um, have fought extremely hard. Some very, very tough, tough fights I've had since I came into the UFC, especially I fought everybody inside the top five, basically fights of the year, knockouts of the year, um, all of those different things. So anytime I find myself being frustrated, I believe I'm always able to go back to my North star that, Hey, it's going to work out the way it's going to just like me coming to the UFC, that door stayed closed until it was time for that door to open this, the, the door opening for this fight with Connor, uh, whatever it's finally supposed to be, it will be. And I'm just being at peace in the midst of, of the waiting. And sometimes at the, the, uh, the lack of haste that has happened over the last year, but 
as we said, we're working on things outside of the cage. Um, and it's been the biggest blessing in, in physically not taking the damage. And it's also been a, a great blessing spiritually being, spending, being able to spend a ton of time with my family as well over the last 12 months. Have there been, been uh, days or weeks where you have lacked motivation, where you have said, what am yeah. I? Yes. And what do you do in, yeah. in, in those instances? Yes. And I say that, and I say that with my, my emotions on my sleeve, I want people to, to not look at us fighters. Like we're some kind of superhuman, uh, completely different than you or completely different than anybody listening, man. It's, it's tough. And, and even for me where I, I provide for my family by getting in a cage and fighting, I provide for my family by being in the best state possible by supplementing correctly, eating correctly, putting, putting the right things into my body to make sure my, my body lasts as long as possible. Um, and then refraining from, from things that will, um, I guess prolong, I guess not prolong, but take away from my career. Right. So, um, getting good sleep and, and being able to be rested is obviously very important for me. Um, but mainly, yeah, there's been days where just like you guys, and I've seen everybody's, you know, I've seen the media talking about, it, I've seen the media talking about Connor fighting somebody else. And I've seen people talk about, Hey, you're not getting the red panty night. Just you know, pack up shop and leave. Um, obviously I don't put a ton of, of, uh, I guess a ton of weight into those words that are being said, because I know what's going on and I know this fight is happening. Um, but when it's six, eight, 10 months away, you know, uh, at times it was definitely hard to keep the motivation. So anybody who is out there who is lacking motivation, the sun will, will really come up tomorrow and you get a new day to be motivated, a new day to be inspired, a new day to do whatever you need to do to keep that motivation. And that's what I've tried to do over the last 12 months. And Luckily, I got a lot of great people around to keep me busy, got a lot of great business opportunities to keep me busy, and um, a great family that I get to serve. All right, so no better time than now. Can you finally tell us UFC 300? Is it happening? Connor versus <laughs> Mike? I mean, is it finally going to happen? Can we stop talking about this and, 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 and hypothesizing and, and trying to read the tea leaves? Is it happening, UFC 300? Hey, listen, nobody, nobody would, would, would like the hypothesizing to stop more than me, <laughs> all right? I've been on waiting. Um, and yes, obviously, I talked about this big announcement today, and people are like, okay, finally, yep. we're going to get the Connor and Chandler fight, right? So I yep. know anybody out there who I ticked off today, I'm sorry. Um, but I just, I don't have any information. Uh, obviously that would be a dream scenario. Um, that's when I would like to fight, where I would like to fight, who I would want to fight. Chandler versus Connor is happening. Um, I don't have a date or a location or a UFC number for you. Um, but it's definitely going to happen next year. So, uh, we're going to enjoy the holidays and we're going to stay in shape. And then, uh, we go back into training camp in January and I will train my tail off until that fight happens. Last month, I had John Cavanaugh, his head coach in studio, and he told me, ah, I was bummed. It looks like summertime. But then I was told plans may have changed and UFC 300 was back on as a possibility. Does this mesh with what you're hearing? I, hey, listen, I respect Connor and I respect Coach Cavanaugh. <laughs> all right. We're very, you know, we're very cordial, right? right. I don't have to hate Connor to want to go out there and sure. rip his head off in front of millions of people. But, these guys are very good at creating their own narrative and throwing little breadcrumbs out there that are just stale as heck and not even a mouse would eat them. All right. So just remember when they say things, uh, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. Maybe it was, uh, maybe they're saying things for the reason of just making people like yourself and all of us speculate and also me speculate. All right. I've heard, I've seen Connor talk about other opponents. I've seen Connor talk about different dates. I've seen Connor talk, you know, completely dismiss me and act like the fight with me isn't happening. These are all ways that these guys try to get inside of people's heads 
unluckily for them, your boys, uh, your boys, uh, bulletproof. All right. So we're good. So we're, uh, we're, we're staying, we're staying with the plan. We're right where we need to be. I've had a year, uh, a year plus now to, uh, think about and visualize knocking Connor out, watching all of his tapes, seeing, seeing the training footage that's coming out. I see that he's training. I see that he's coming back. Um, he was, you know, obviously he joined USADA, got back in the USADA testing pool. He's not doing that unless he's actually, actually coming back. So, um, he's trying to wait me out, smoke me out, but, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be waiting, waiting here, man. So the greatest comeback in combat sports history, that road goes through one man and his name is Michael Chandler. Uh, yeah, by the way, I was just going to ask you about that. Uh, what do you make of anything of the footage of him training out in, uh, UAE? I love it, man. I mean, it's, it's good to see, uh, you know, for a while, all we saw was uh, him not training, right? And obviously, the speculation was out there, right? He's never coming back. You look at him, he's going off the rails, man. Connor's first love always has been and always will be mixed martial arts. Uh, I do believe he's romantic about it, and I do believe he's got a, uh, a self-image the size of Mount Rushmore. So he needs, uh, he needs to come back and feel that. He needs to come back and feel that energy, and I think he's going to. Um, I know he's going to. Uh, it might not be on the timeline that you want, I want, or somebody else wants, the, the the common folk out there talking about him never coming back or timelines or he's taking too much time off, but he's out there training. Um, I don't think it's old footage. I think it's new footage. I think it's current footage. So mm-hmm. he's out there training. So uh, you see me training, you see him training. We're going to keep on letting people speculate when this fight is, but uh, it, the, the clash between Chandler and McGregor is happening. Would you not agree though? I mean, just looking at the upcoming cards and who's fighting, who's it's too perfect. UFC 300. It has to be like this, this, I mean, what are we doing here? It has to be UFC 300, hey, if I, right? If I was a promoter, hey, you're hey, you're right, man. I mean, you're uh, one of the most interested in the entire industry, right? You know, you got your finger on the on the pulse of the entire industry. Um, yeah, I mean, with the with the lot of of fights that could be happening, big fights that could be happening. You got Dana out there talking about super fights. I'm sure, I'm sure they are putting some very interesting uh, pie in the sky, huge matchup super fights super fights together uh, for a card as monumental as UFC 300 is obviously Connor and I are, is the biggest fight that we can talk about. Um, but yeah, we don't have a date yet. We don't have a, a UFC event yet, but yeah, I think it would work out pretty darn great. So if that works out, if that's in the card, um, I will be very happy to come out of my hiatus and, and jump into <laughs> a training camp for that. And, but, but you have been told definitively your next fight is against them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Connor, Connor's not coming back and fighting anybody else. No matter who he talks about, no matter no matter what uh, what things he tries to will into existence, he's coming back and he's fighting me. We're dude, the ultimate fighter. We signed on a contract. We made a commitment. I'm a man of my word. I believe he's a man of his word, and the UFC is men of their word. So we'll see. By the way, I know that some fighters in the past have had like Connor clauses in their contract. I would imagine same for you, right? Like it's a totally different deal when you fight him. <laughs> I hope so, and I feel like, I, <laughs> given your representation, I would be shocked if not. Yeah, I do have great representation, and and man, uh, people can say what they want, but uh, you know, I mean, you, you do the right thing for long enough, uh, good things work, good things work out and work out in your favor, man. If you're uh, if you're somebody who who shows up and does what they say they're going to do, uh, I always go back to that first conversation I had with Hunter Campbell. I said, hey, I want to show up and I want to I want to fight the toughest guys right away, and I want. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to tiptoe around the top 10. You know, I want to either prove I am who I say I am or I'm not. And I think I've come in, I haven't won every single fight, but I sure have won over a lot of people with heart, determination and grit. And I do believe I'm one of the, one of the most uh, exciting guys and most fascinating guys inside of the cage. So, um, 
Things are working out. We're doing all right. And I think this fight is going to happen. So. But, by the way, do you remember where you were um, during UFC 200? Did you watch that live? Dude, man, I do not. I Was that the yellow canvas yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I was. What year was that? That was 2016. July of 2016. Mark Hunt, Brock Lesnar, Misha Tate, Amanda Nunes. Jones tested man, positive. Think, yeah, I think I was at John Radke's house down in Florida. I think I was training down in... Uh, down in Florida during that fight. I think we had, we had a couple of the guys there, a couple of the fighters. Um, yeah. Cause I remember the yellow canvas. Yeah. So I, the reason I ask is like, obviously you were very much entrenched in the Bellator world at that point, but did you ever watch those big events and say like, man, I would, this, I want this, I want pay-per-view Las Vegas Saturday night, the eyes of the sporting world on me. This is, this is what I really want. Every single time. Right. <laughs> Right. Every single time. And that's, and that's not because I wasn't happy with, with Bellator. Um, it wasn't because I didn't, I didn't, you know, love right where I was, right where my feet were. But, um, you know, and I've said this numerous times, just like, just like I said a second ago, sometimes in life, you got to wait for the, for the door to be open. You got to wait for the door not to be locked. And the couple contract negotiations that I went through, it just wasn't the right time. And obviously me coming over to the UFC when I did was the exact perfect time for me to come over uh, physically, spiritually, mentally, who I was as a human being. Um, but yeah, man, I always watched those fights. Obviously I had a lot of the friends and the the most interesting thing was I trained with so many of those guys who were big names in the UFC champions in the UFC. Right. So it wasn't like I was over on this little Island called Bellator and I wasn't intermingling with all of the UFC champions and all the big name UFC guys. Um, so I, I could, I could stand my career up next to them. I could stand my discipline, my hard work, how I lived my life up next to them. And I always thought, man, if this guy can do it, I sure as heck can, you know, mm. but it's got to be the right time, you know, and obviously it worked out. It has worked out very well for me. And um, yeah, man, it's uh, now we got the biggest fight of our lives coming up. Uh, and uh, I saw a tweet from you. Do you, you believe in your heart of hearts, Connor, and then title shot? I believe I, you know, obviously I, uh, that's, that's me, that's me believing, um, or at least confident expecting of confident expectancy of what I believe is happening. I'm in the top five, um, a win over Connor. Maybe a lot of people don't think that's, uh, that's indicative of a title shot next. Obviously you just had Armin come out and beat, beat Darius. So that throws a wrinkle into things. Obviously you got Gaethje, you got Oliveira, you got Poirier, um, who those guys have beaten me. Um, so, you know, I mean, We'll see. I think uh, I'm focused on the Connor fight, but man, once I once I finish Connor the way I think I'm going to finish him within the first two rounds, and you get on that kind of platform, that kind of uh, get that kind of buzz, man, and I just want to fight Islam so bad. I think I have a ton of respect for Islam. I stand corrected. I have to insert my foot in my mouth a couple different times. I thought he was going to lose to numerous guys. He never did. He is who he is who he said he was, um, and I want to go out there and compete against him. So we'll uh, we'll see after I knock Connor out. Just wanted to ask you two things about Saturday. Um, first off, what was your reaction to 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 seeing Armin do that to Benil Dariush? Sixty four seconds knocking him out like that. Yeah, I didn't see the fight. Uh, I was at a murder mystery party, um, so I didn't see <laughs> I didn't see the fight. Um, what is a murder mystery so party, by the way? It. Well, it's a murder. Uh, so I was actually uh, paid played a uh, a guy named uh, Paul Ologist. Uh, was an Irish doctor uh, from Ireland, so I think my uh, I think the wow. people who put it on kind of knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah so exactly. It was very fitting. Uh, but basically, we all went, and it was a big game where oh, one of wow. us was the killer, and it wasn't me. Uh, so we all had to kind of piece together all the evidence to try to find out who actually killed uh, whoever. I forget who 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 died, but someone died and someone killed him. It was Raylan's uh, husband, Josh. 
Josh Davis killed him. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so I missed the fights, but I did see the highlight. Um, and man, he landed the big uh, landed the big shot, put him down, and, and finished him emphatically, man. And, and it's hard to see Benil go out like that, but it's hard to see any of us to go out like that, right, man? We uh, we train so hard. I know Benil, you know, he he lives that champion lifestyle, and uh, Armin has has proved that he's now you know joined the ranks of us here in the in that in that top of the division. We'll see where the rankings come out tomorrow. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but then you got to see what what happens next with the division, you know. Um, so we'll see. Uh, he says this time next year he's champ. Do you, do you, do you see that? Obviously, you want to be in that discussion as well. But like, do you see that in him? Do you think he could beat Islam? They fought in 2019. He took that fight on short notice. It was his debut. Do you think he has what it takes to be the guy at 155? I've always said to um, anybody in the top of the division, we're all we're all one good night and your right. opponent's bad night away from us winning. Right? Any of us can beat any of them. Any of us. Uh, in the top of the division on any given night. I do think Armin's got a, a heck of a skill set. Um, obviously, he showed it the, the best of himself by beating Benil and knocking Benil out. Um, so this time next year, uh, he could be in the talks for you know that number one contender fighter or fighting for the title. Obviously, him and Islam. The UFC loves putting storylines together where guys have history. Mm. Um, you know, Obviously, I don't have the history with uh, Islam, so... You know, Gaethje wins that title or Oliveira wins that title. Poirier wins that title. There's a storyline there with me and those fights that I've had with those guys. But you could definitely throw Armin's name into the hat. And this is me. You know, I try not to speak with too much ego uh, when I talk about fights, right? I I have no problem saying the guy's talented. He's young. He's hungry. He's got history with with Islam. He deserves to have his his name thrown in that hat. And just for my own sanity, I know you were uh, busy on Saturday, but maybe you saw the clip online. I've I've now uh, in the last hour asked Dan Hooker and Armin about this, and both of them disagreed with my stance. So perhaps I'll get the answer I was looking for out of you. I thought the stoppage in the Bobby Green fight was insane, and that it went on way too long, and it and it could have been very 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 serious. It was just completely reckless. It was twelve seconds of unnecessary damage. Did you see this stoppage? And do you agree with me? Because both of them made me seem like a total wimp for for complaining about this. The guy was lifeless on the ground, taking unnecessary damage. Yeah, I uh, I got to be honest with you. I I saw the highlight, but I didn't feel I didn't see enough of the highlight from all the different angles. But I will say, it it seemed like the general consensus was it was a little bit too long. It was yeah. definitely too long. But you know, if you ask Bobby Green, you know Bobby Green would probably wouldn't mind twelve seconds. You, you know, sure. a lot of us fighters who are like that, Dan Hooker especially. Um, I haven't watched enough of, of Armin's fights to, to be able to speak for him, but watching Dan Hooker's fights, we want that extra 12 seconds. If I'm, if I'm still alive, don't finish the fight because I could get up and win this fight. Um, but with that being said, yeah, it's tough to see those, uh, later stoppages like that, but I, I don't have enough information. Okay. Fair enough. My, but I would never call you a wimp. You're definitely uh, not a wimp. I appreciate player. that. Thank you. Uh, see, yeah, see, look at those guns. On. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, one last thing, if I can, um, I remember around, Two years ago, uh, in the studio, I had a young man named Ian Gary, and I asked him about his relationship with you, and it seemed like there was some, like, older brother, younger brother thing going on, and I don't know, and both of you kind of laughed it off. Since then, he has been on quite the journey, and it seems like a lot of people in the MMA community are upset with him. And I'm not talking about the family stuff. I'm talking about, you know, jumping around gyms and cameras and all this stuff. Can I get your take on you know what he's dealing with i'm sure you've seen some of this stuff and 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 heard some of the the blowback yeah um 
I have seen little bits and pieces of it. I haven't spent enough time to sit there and, and uh, kind of piece it all together and look at all the stuff. I know it involves his wife and it involves some DMs and all these different stuff and Sean Strickland inserting his opinion. So there's, it's a very huge storm of, of stuff. Mine and Ian's relationship is funny just because he is, I got to be honest with you. I think he's a little bit like I, what I wish I could be mentality wise when it comes to my fight camps. When I go into my fight camps, don't talk to me. Don't look at me sideways. Don't speak to me unless spoken to, you know, I kind of turn into that guy where I, I take it so seriously. And the way that he is, he's so happy, go lucky. He doesn't care about anything whatsoever. Right. So our, our demeanors and our, our mindsets during training camp are a little bit different. He could be in the, in the middle of the hardest sparring rounds ever. And he's just completely fine. And I'm like ready to rip off my headgear and kick it across the, the, uh, the gym. Right. So a differing, a, a differing uh, in kind of mentalities when it comes to like that. That doesn't mean his is right, mine's wrong, or vice versa. Um, but then when it comes to that, I know, obviously, I was just down in Florida last week. I was training with Vicente, um, Shavkat. Those guys are obviously fighting in a couple of weeks in, in Vegas. I'll be out there. Um, Ian chose not to do his camp, this uh, this camp in, in Florida with us. So it's, uh, it's interesting. But as far as Ian goes, man, he's got a ton of talent. Um, he's got that, he's got that, Irish, uh, got that Irish mystique to him, the way that he speaks and his accent, all that kind of stuff. He's got the talent to boot. He's got the confidence. Um, if he keeps his head on his shoulders, um, he could be champion one day for sure. Um, and he, but he's got a tough test ahead of him in Vicente and both of those guys I would consider teammates pretty much right now, probably Vicente even more because I've trained with Vicente for years and years. And Ian is now kind of bouncing around a little bit. So we'll see how it works out for him. He's very much a me kind of fighter. Where I, whereas I've always been a we kind of fighter, um, you know, focus on the team more than myself. And he's more of a, hey, I know exactly what to do. I'm the guy who steps inside the cage kind of guy. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it plays out for him. But I don't think he's a bad dude. Uh, he picked Connor to beat me, I think, which is which is good. You know, <laughs> he, he's his, 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 he's his childhood hero, man. So me and Ian can have that fun little, you know, banter back and forth. But it's all good, man. Can I ask you bluntly, because it's been said, does he have bad gym etiquette? Um, I would not say, man, I don't know about the gym etiquette. I mean, he, uh, he doesn't show up on time all the time and he doesn't show up at every practice, which really ticks me off, but that ticks me off about anybody else. There's only a few people that I would actually say have perfect gym etiquette when it comes to that Gilbert Burns being one of them. Shout out to Gilbert Burns, one of the, my favorite fighter. Um, but you know, he, uh, as far as etiquette goes, I mean, I don't really even know what gym etiquette he's out there, quote unquote, are supposedly breaking. But, um, to me, he was always a pretty cool dude. Um, I never had any problems with him aside from the fact that it could be anybody. It could be like, I, you know, it could be the sweetest person in the world. And I'm still like, Hey, get away from me, dude. I, I need a second. I'm in training camp right now. <laughs> I'm kind of a psychopath. So you can't, uh, you can't judge my, my judge of character during training camp too well. Fair enough. By the way, how good is Shavkat? Shavkat's good, man. And, and just, uh, silent killer, man. Just, just, he's quiet, but he smiles. He, he's a little bit too, a little bit, a little bit eerily nice in, in real life. Right. It compared to the guy who goes out there and fights, but that's how a lot of us are. You know, that's how a lot of people kind of describe me as well. Right. Try to try to be a, enjoy life as much as you can outside of the cage. And then when that cage door closes, turn into an absolute animal and Shavkat's good. Uh, Vicente was looking good as well. So I'm excited to go watch those guys lay it on the line in a couple of weeks in, uh, Vegas. What was that UFC 290 something? Yeah. Uh, six, maybe, um, six. Yeah. December 16th. Where can people, Learn more about hiatus. 
Oh, stophiatustequila.com. Right now, Blanco, Reposado, and Añejo. Obviously, the Blanco is our flagship. Um, everything else is made by it. The Reposado is aged six months, and our Añejo is aged 12 months. So um, we're excited about the rollout. And New York is one of our markets. I can't name I can't name specific places that, that we were at, but I did go have a nice steak dinner at a phenomenal steakhouse a couple weeks ago when I was there, and they now carry all three expressions of hiatus. So um, it's uh, it's awesome to be in New York City, man. That's your city. Yes, absolutely. We're showing the photo right now. Congratulations on uh, this launch, on uh, another feather in your cap from a business standpoint. And uh, basically it's come down to if it's not McGregor Chandler at UFC 300, we riot. That's it. We ride. We ride. We We're riding in the streets. I mean, it's just there. It's right there. I'm accepting nothing less. That's the fight. It's the biggest one that they can make. Let's stop playing footsie. Let's make it happen. I hope it happens for your sake and his sake and for all of our sakes. Uh, it would be a great thing to see. Congrats on this, Michael. Thank you, as always, for the time. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Ariel. See you at the top. There he is, Michael Chandler. Uh, new line of tequila, perhaps. I was waiting for him to say, hey, I heard... Uh, you know, Frank, Joe, the whole team loves a good tequila. I was waiting for him to say, I'll send you guys a bottle, but uh, I, maybe he heard about the other one, so maybe he didn't. I don't know. It's what coming. Do you, guys, you think he's coming? Okay. Oh, yeah. I was waiting for that. It's like, hey, what's your address? Uh, you know, actually, Michael's been here before. Uh, you, not UFC, Bellator hmm, 2017. Uh, he fought Brent Primus at Madison Square Garden and had one of those weird ones where he couldn't stand on his ankle. Uh, and uh, I'll never forget, Joe might remember this, he came in sitting on the chair and rolled in because he couldn't walk, and he just rolled the chair into the spot right over there uh, and spoke about the night. That was on the Monday after the fight. So crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, all right, well, go check that out, and it's got to happen. UFC 300, we expect nothing less. We're going to riot. I don't know about you guys, but I'm riding. If they don't make it happen, uh, I just, I just, I don't understand. A lot of people are asking me about this uh, super fight. I don't know. I don't know about it. I don't see anything that would. Cons- Not to say that there is. There's just no obvious one out there. But they could pull a rabbit out of their hat anytime. Um, do you guys have a super fight idea? Dana White mentioned this on uh, a podcast last week. I think it was with the Nelk boys that he was working on a super fight, and then someone. Uh, asked him about it in the post-fight press conference. And uh, he said, you know, it might happen. It might not happen. Everyone's hitting me up about it. But what would consist of a super fight? I don't even know what a super fight is these days. You know what I mean? What's a super fight? Is it Brock Lesnar coming back? Is it Ronda Rousey coming back? No, of course not. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have one? Did we talk about this already? Yes. We did. All right. I asked you what was a super fight. Oh, we had this whole conversation. All right. Yeah, that's right. Um, Okay. I guess we don't know what it is. It's not that one, right? That's that's just a massive fight. What? I don't have it. He he said it wasn't that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but would some people say Chandler McGregor is a super fight? You could could make a case that any Conor fight is a super fight just by virtue of the fact that he's involved, right? He is the super fight division by Mm. himself. I think that's literally what Dana said. It's him and Jake Paul and PFL. Every Conor fight's a super fight. Right. Wait, what'd you say about Jake Paul PFL? Conor has his own super fight division in the UFC. Jake Paul has his own super fight division in PFL. Yes. Um, Yeah. Connor is accepted from all conversations, I think, when it comes to biggest draw, biggest this, super fight this. He's he's in a class of one. 
Did you guys watch the press conference on Saturday? Um, Matt Wells of MMA Junkie asked Dana White mm-hmm. about the the PFL acquisition of Bellator. And I thought he did a great job. A couple of weeks ago, there was the thing at MSG about Stipe and uh, John Jones. Yep. That wasn't the best exchange. But this was a, I thought, a much better exchange. And, and Dana did the thing where he, like, turned the table on the on the reporter, uh, which was fascinating because, like, he's asking him as president of the UFC what he thought of the uh, acquisition. And he's like, what do you think about it? No comment? Like, why, why would the reporter have a comment on it in that moment? It's a press conference for him. Uh, and then he did the thing like he didn't care, but then it seemed like he really cared. And this was the first time where it seemed like he really was annoyed or just like fired up. Ultimately, like I said, he's not losing sleep. He's not worried. He's not nervous. But he had the line, you know, like one crap organization with, you know, no ticket sales buys another. Um, great job. But it, it just, it felt like old school Dana, right? For a moment there, it felt like classic old school, annoyed, fired up Dana. And I, I, I say, by the way, like I saw Don Davis earlier today put out a tweet like, you know, first they ignore you, then they talk about you, then they criticize you, all that stuff. I think quoting Gandhi. I yeah, per Gandhi. Yeah, yeah. Gandhi. <laughs> Via Gandhi. <laughs> yes. Uh, nice accreditation. Make no mistake about it. In my opinion, Dana White loves this. Oh, someone's, someone's punching? Someone wants to come... F- like, this is the stuff that he gets off on. This is why he created Power Slap, because he needed to have something to prove people wrong. Like, this, he loves this thing. So, you know, more power to Don, more power to PFL, but just please know that he adores this. This is great. Like, I saw people saying, like, oh, Dana's worried, Dana's fired up. No, 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 this, this gets him excited. This is what gets him to wake up in the morning. I didn't get that impression at all. He clearly is like perturbed or annoyed, but it's like the good kind of annoyed that he thrives on, that he lives for. Agree or disagree, Near Crick? I agree. I think the annoyance is not PFL exists. I think Don Davis nailed it when he spoke to you when he said, Dana White didn't even used to talk about us. Now he's talking about us, and that clearly means something. I don't think it quite means what Don Davis believes it means. Um, I don't think that they're making the progress in in that regard that he thinks they're making. Uh, but I do agree with him in in the overall sentiment that like they could have easily been ignored, and now Dana White is having to at least acknowledge and pay attention to them. But I think you're right, and Dana White's annoyance comes from the idea of like how could you think that these two things are comparable? How could you think that these two things are in league with each other? The PFL is not the UFC. They do not do what we do, um, and that's where I think the like aggravation of having to answer these questions is coming from. But I think you're right. Like I didn't think about it in those terms, but I think ultimately you're right that like the idea of now I have a target to be able to squash um, is something that could motivate Dana White. Yeah, a hundred percent. He loves this stuff. He absolutely he lo- that was like old school Dana right there. Like ultimately, you have to understand what he was doing. He he throws it back to the reporter. He says, "Oh, you know, like uh, have you seen their ratings?" Uh, the question wasn't about ticket sales, or it was just about the acquisition. Um, and by the way, their ratings aren't actually all that bad. The ticket sales aren't great at all, but the ratings on ESPN aren't that bad. I can assure you he hates the fact that ESPN has given them a platform, a platform that they built. The success of ESPN Plus is in large part due to two things. The UFC and Ariel and the bad guy. I mean, let's call it like we did. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding. Um, <laughs> but no, it's really been the UFC and the pay-per-views and the fact that you have to sign up for ESPN Plus to get the pay-per-views, all that stuff. It's been a brilliant move by ESPN and by the UFC. 
Uh, and so I'm sure he hates it. I'm sure he hates it when PFL's on there. I'm sure he hates it when Francis and Tyson are on there. I'm sure he hates it when Jake and Nate are on there. I'm sure he hates it when Jake and, and Tommy Fair are on there. Why? Because if it wasn't for the UFC doing what they've done over the past four years now on that platform, it wouldn't be a thing. Uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a place where the likes of Jake Paul or Francis are going to want to fight on exclusively. Um, so I'm sure he hates the fact that PFL... like. I know for a fact that he has stopped the PFL from getting deals with other networks because he wanted to be exclusive. The difference is ESPN is the one place that could say, "Mm, we're doing business our way. Other networks may not. Here, they call the shots. ESPN calls the shots. They're that big and and, uh, powerful and important. Um, And this is why in the past, ESPN has, excuse me, UFC have never shared the airwaves with any other network, Fox, Spike, etc., um, when it comes to their cable deal. ESPN is different. And so it's a great deal for ESPN as well. This was announced last Wednesday because let's just say UFC takes their ball and goes somewhere else when the deal is done. Let's just say. I don't think it happens. I think it's a perfect marriage. But let's just say they've got this other entity that they're building up at the same time. In large part because they have the UFC already and hopefully there's a trickle-down effect is what they're thinking. Um I remember one time, and, and, and uh, Rick could speak to this or not, there was once a time where a lot of people at ESPN probably would have said PFL would have never lasted on that network, where I was told every minute that we spend on the PFL is a minute that we're taking away from the UFC. Like, they weren't exactly all in. But over time, I think PFL has actually, like, nudged their way in and have made themselves a valuable commodity. And so that is impressive. Now the heat is on. They're talking a big game. They're acquiring Bellator. They're signing guys. Pay-per-view poking the bear, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think Dana White welcomes this. I think he loves this. I think he's fired up about this. I think this is just what the doctor ordered for him. Um, So that exchange was just very reminiscent of like the old exchanges that we would have back in the day about Strike Force or Fedor and all this stuff. It felt very nostalgic seeing that. Here's where I think it's going to get interesting in in what you're talking about with ESPN and, and MMA in general. In theory, yes, it makes a lot of sense to have UFC and PFL, and then let's say UFC leaves, um, you still have a, a competitive MMA product. It's going to depend on what their goals are for ESPN Plus, right? In the initial phase, when when it was starting up, and UFC has been the backbone of that, subs were the thing, right? You need to be able to get people to subscribe to the network, and now they have them. They've got a lot of. Uh, MMA fans that have subscribed for the UFC. If it's going to be subscriptions, if the UFC leaves, that's catastrophic because those subscribers will not stay uh, for the PFL product. That's just reality. They will they will go to where the UFC product is. If it's watch hours, if it's how long people are staying on the platform, having UFC and PFL together now gives you essentially like all the possible watch hours there are in MMA. Like you're getting the highest level. Um, at all times, and you can really keep an uh, an MMA fan or a sports fan who is interested in MMA satiated for a very, very, very long time. Um, so there's there's a lot of like interesting things ahead, in my opinion, as it, in regards to like what ESPN Plus's future is and what the metrics are for success. Um, but if it's subs based, if it's still how many new subscribers can we get? Man, the UFC is is the monster. I don't think that having PFL if UFC leaves is going to be worth much. 
hundred percent. No, no, of course you can't. You can't compare. I'm just saying it's a nice little thing to have. You know, kind of percolating but, in the background. Yeah, but I'm even saying yes. But I'm even saying like again, and I've I've always kind of said this in regard to this this battle for UFC versus everybody else. Like having number two is not that significant. Like it just really doesn't matter at this point. You're gonna have to. It's just amazing being in this game as long as we have. The fact that one and two, whatever two is, the fact that one and two are at ESPN. Big. It's all of it. There was you once have the a, whole pie. There was once a time where ESPN wouldn't even, like, the, 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 there wasn't even a tab, you know? Like, there wasn't even, you know. It was, I used to pitch ESPN kickboxing stories. I used to pitch ESPN stories about Israel Adesanya and yeah. uh, got no got no traction. Who uh, laughed now, at you? Name names. Now, Come on. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> but now he's, you know, one of the stars headlining their thing. You know, the sport moves very fast, and and these things will come in cycles, and we'll figure out what, what's going on moving forward. But I do think the the future of this is not just number one promotion and number two promotion, but it's really like the, the larger streaming wars and what's happening oh, yeah. in the streaming space is going to be so vital to all of this and what the ambitions are of the networks um, as, we move, as we move forward. So PFL is in a good position now. The timing could not be better for them to have executed this because it is, it is ripe uh, for the taking. GC, if someone went to you on Sunday morning and said, hey, what was the story of uh, Saturday night? What was the top story of Saturday night? Was it Sarukian knocking out Benil Darius? Was it Platinum Perry and Eddie Alvarez freaking putting on that display for four minutes? Was it the Jalen Turner knockout? Was it Ryan Garcia getting back on track? Or, dare I say, was it Jordan Gill's big win over Mick Conlon? What was the story? Number one, item one, lead item... Sunday morning. I'm going to go with Armin Sarukian just because of how quickly he got it done. It was uh, it was a shocking result for me. I mean, I know we saw Benil finish in the first round against Charles Oliveira last time out, uh, and I feel like that's another part of the story is Benil Darius was on this massive win streak entering this year, and he's one win away from getting a title shot. And now going into 2024, he's coming off back-to-back first-round losses Feels like he's as far away as you could get from from the lightweight title at this point. Um, so, in terms of actual story, uh, I would say that was the biggest for me. But a lot of things you just mentioned, back to back slam KOs. I mean, oh I feel like that's God. not gonna be enough love. Yes. Like you never see those, and then we see him in back to back fights, both both executed beautifully uh, by the winners in those. That was amazing. And then, I mean, just the cherry on top of the evening us getting Mike Perry and Eddie Alvarez in BKFC, which was just a scrap of all scraps for the, the two rounds that it lasted. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great evening for uh, for combat sports. Ryan Garcia, you know, not looking incredible before he got the finish. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot going on. We've had so much on today's show. Like, I, I haven't been able to go through the entire card, but Veronica Hardy looking great once again. Big one. Uh, yeah. Now 2-0 as a Hardy, defeating the previously undefeated Jamie Lynn Horth, who uh, got 129-28. I thought Veronica won that 29-28. Jared Gooden beating Wellington Terman. Nice little comeback win for him. Very impressive rear naked choke win. Uh, Hadolfo Bellato with the... Uh, so it was Cody Brundage and it was uh, Drakkar Close with the back-to-back slams. I think it was th- 13 and 14th in UFC history. Um, there were two on the same card back-to-back, and in the previous 30-year history of the UFC, 
there had been, going into Saturday, 12 slams like, there's been a bunch back in the day like this where it's, you know, Matt Hughes, Carlos Newton, Jessica Andrade, Rose Damiunas, Mowgli Benitez had one like this. And sometimes, not always, it has been because uh, the fighter on the receiving end of the slam is holding on to the armbar and just doesn't know whether they should hold on or not. I saw uh, Gerald Mearshart saying, like, grab the ankle or just let go. You're better off because you're, you're kind of screwing yourself by holding on, and then the force of the impact will knock you out. Hard to watch, uh, especially the Drakkar close one against Joe Selecki. I mean, that one, his head just like kind of... I mean, both were hard to watch. Yeah, he's, he was just like put right out. Yes. Uh, Brundage at least followed up, like had to follow up with strikes. Right. Selecki was just put out. Um, but it was just an insane run of of action. Misha Tate getting the rear naked choke win over Julia Avila. We spoke to well, her. That, uh, that Bellato Ihor Potieria fight was insane. It that looked was... like Ihor had him dead to rights, and then Bellato comes all the way back. Like that was that into the back to back slam KOs was crazy. Dustin Stoltzfus with the win over Puna Soriano. That was very impressive, uh, especially since he's been out of action. He gets the rear naked choke win. Joaquim Silva beat Clay Guida. A uh, tough one for Clay Guida, but 100% the right call. That is unanimous decision win. Sean Brady coming back, like we said. Kelvin Gaslam, Davidson Figueredo, Rob Font, Jalen Turner with the somewhat shocking knockout of Bobby Green, and then Taruki and Dariush lasting 64 seconds. Uh, one of the best fight nights on paper, and it delivered. It was great stuff. Now, I mean, I'm talking to fighters here. Maybe I'm asking the wrong people. Surely you guys agree with me that the Bobby Green stoppage was... Way too late, right? No Reckless doubt. agree. Yes, okay. 100%. These guys yes. are making I mean, me feel like like one of the worst I've ever seen. Okay, it was, it was like there was one point too. Like it was like when he knocked him down, and then he follows it up, and it's just like at one point he was like so out, and he was still landing, just like in those hammer fists from Jalen Turner were just like massive, like shots. It was it was bad. Yeah, he he should have stopped it 10, 12 seconds before he did. Yeah, I mean, he was standing right there at the ref. He was like the best view of all. That's the scariest part. Yeah. What are you seeing? What are you looking at? There was nothing that I saw that would make me think that Bobby Green was still in this fight. So I don't know what he saw, but this is an opportunity where it'd be nice to hear what he saw. Oh, nice to hear. From the commission, from the ref, a statement. Dana White said afterwards that he felt bad. Okay, great. Can can you verbalize that? Yeah, of course. Thank God Bobby Green got up and walked out of there. You know? Who knows what the long term the guy was lifeless. On the ground. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Don't understand it. Crazy. What about egregious? Armin? Egregious. Fireable. I. I. I if if that man was not allowed to referee again, uh, I wouldn't have much of a, of an issue with it. I hate for anybody to lose their job, but if that's the job being done, I mean that was very bad. It's it's an impossible conversation to have, but I don't know what's worth worse that or like the judges in the. Jared Gordon, Patty Pimblett fight. I don't know what's worse, right? Like, no, because allowing a guy to danger. take yes, but then the, the other guys will say these guys will say to you, no, 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 don't take the win away from me. But like here you are t- getting freaking pummeled in the head as you are out. Like that's street fight stuff. That's, I can live with the bad judging. Of this, course you can. But you not. see what they all said to me. Oh, you know, let it go. <laughs> I mean, Armin won in five more minutes. You know, Armin so. is a crazy mofo. That guy. <laughs> Holy smokes. It, it, um, Armin's in an interesting spot because I saw a lot of backlash towards him for the Bobby Green thing. And so, like, 
If that didn't happen, I think he would be everyone's favorite fighter on this on this Monday, yeah. right? I, I I don't think he cares much. Yeah, I don't think he cares. I mean, he just he came on here and doubled down. He's like, should have gone five more minutes. He shared on his Instagram story. I'm pretty sure it was Photoshop, but he shared uh, that he started following the the referee on Instagram. Oh my on god! Saturday's fight, he was that pleased with it. All because he said he was a sucky fighter. <laughs> That's it. I, I guess I don't know. That's yeah, what he said. He's a stone cold killer, that guy. All right, how did the uh, how did the crew do? Uh, we did good, um, except we lost. My, can I tell you my favorite part of the Please. whole thing? Obviously, I'm not happy that you guys lost, but it was like I wish we had the text messages. Right after the loss, Frank comes in and he's like, "Oh, well, at least <laughs> we still got Veronica Hardy or something." And, like she had just fought like four hours prior, and you, I think, were a little bit ornery because of the football game and you were having none of it. I mean, it was just, uh, I no, said, actually let's it, go Bobby green. And then I was told that we busted and that was like the first no, time. No, I no. Let's, let's be clear with this. We, we are, we are two legs down into the parlay, uh, plus 14, 21. We've already gotten over one of our dog hurdles. We have one left to go in Bobby green. Uh, it's during the Rob font, uh, and right. Davison Figueredo fight. Obviously, this is one way traffic for Figgy. And I hit the group chat and I said, "Damn, Font! Like he's not going to pull it off. The parlay is dead. It's on me." You know, yeah, I'm, I'm licking my wounds from the Georgia loss at this point, and I'm just like, "Damn!" And I cost the the parlay boys uh, the parlay this week. And Frank comes back and he's just like, uh, "He goes, well, at least we... let's go, BG." Let's go BG. And I said, no, nah, the parlay is dead, uh, Frank. And then he goes, oh, I was under the impression Hardy had won. Uh, <laughs> and then I was just like, yeah, she did. I mean, you have the, you have the text yeah, right there, yeah, Frank. I mean, no. you're not wrong. No. Just, a, just a little wrong. What did I say then? No, I mean, the general idea is like, yes, I wasn't paying attention. I get it. It's funny. But what <laughs> I, mean, I said what, what is this? What, had nothing wait, wait, to do with you're the acting like I'm, You're acting like I'm coming after you. No, not, not at all. Wow. I don't. I don't get how it didn't have Why anything to do with me? the parlay boys. I mean, did it not have something? To do I with just the wanted Bobby boys? to win. <laughs> no, I get it. Which he didn't, and now it's sad. Anyway, what's happening? <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. I'm not entirely sure what's going on either. I have the text right here. I'm actually pulling up the text just to be clear. That was no. Ariel goes. That was an amazing performance from Figgy. Frank goes. Yes, with a bunch of S's on it. Let's go, BG. I think he was under the impression that was going to finish it off. I go. No, Frank. We lost. And then he goes. Shit. I thought Hardy won. <laughs> and I said Hardy did win. Holy shit, man. Keep up. I just cost us the parlay with Font. And then he goes. Oh shit. I didn't even remember that. I've had a day. And then we moved on. Oh, well, that, okay. I forgot about that last line. Yeah. Is everything okay, Frank? Everything's fine. He's, he's moving a couch into his house. He's like, ah. he's, it's, it's stretching across like 10 days. You know, I'm like, uh, are we going to do the, do the housewarming for the Jake Paul fight? He's like, no, no, the house won't be ready by then. No. I'm just like, oh, you just, I thought you were just getting a couch and a desk. You were wrong. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. how, how did the rest of the weekend go from a pick's perspective? Uh, we also lost oh. from that perspective as well. I mean, just it hasn't been a tough one, or it hasn't been an easy it's one. It's been a day. It's, yeah, I've, I've had a day, guys. <laughs> uh, one and three on the singles, two and one on the parlays. The the Mike Perry and Ryan Garcia one was fun to cash. Those were uh, two entertaining ones. Just a small loss. 
uh, on the week, down uh, 0.48 units. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we just we move on to UFC Vegas 83, uh, and hopefully we can bounce back there. Uh, I do have a couple big hitters to get to, though. A couple people to uh, shout out here. All right. Yeah. I did get one win this weekend. How about the, how about the Falcons yesterday? Oh yeah, big one out there at MetLife. Big one. Wasn't it miserable? Oh, it was terrible. There's yeah, nothing. There's nothing fun about going to MetLife Stadium in December. And raining. Raining. Like I don't. Thirteen to eight football game. I'm sorry. Does that not make me a real fan? Those first place Atlanta Falcons got it done, baby. Well done. People Actually, are saying that Desmond Ritter is the future. Uh, DC told me that. The Saints were in first place. That was incorrect. Okay. And then they lost and we won again. He had a stretch of like five inaccuracies in that one answer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He was. I was going to say four times. Uh, He was talking about like the. uh, Ohio State lost to TCU. Oh, it wasn't even about that. He was talking about the TRT and all that stuff. Like that's the the, the Ohio State stuff I can't really fact check him on because I don't really know. But like there was a a bunch of inaccuracies. I was like, who am I talking to here? Uh, Chill or DC? (laughs) All right. To the big hitters. At get back in there, name uh, he front kicked him in the face. It's a uh, over plus four thousand parlay here. He goes Sean Brady, Jalen Turner in round one, Armin Sarukian by KO, and Davison Figueredo turns twenty pounds into eight hundred and sixteen. Another one, a Lambo play from our guy Timothy Troiano, our friend Misha Tate. He takes her to win in round three, plus 2,900. And then he also takes her to win in round three by submission, plus 4,200. He turns $35 into over 1,100. So shout out to him. And then just uh, one last one that I got a kick out of. DKD2421. Uh, his cousin asked him for some for some picks, so he gave him, uh, gave him some. And his cousin took the exact opposite. And made a four-leg parlay plus six eighty-seven, turned fifty dollars into uh, in almost four hundred, and then texted him and said, "You suck. I made my own," and just completely reverse sweep them. So feel bad for DKD, but credit to his cousin for for knowing he can't pick fights. Yeah. Um, well, there's some big ones to get back on uh, the horsewood this weekend. Huge ones. Song Yudong, Chris Gutierrez. <laughs> 10 p.m. Jung Young Park Iron Turtle versus Andre Muniz. Man, I love that 7 to 10 main card slot. Oof. That's the best. Is it not? No, 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 no. No, that's no. The 10 to 1. No, no, I know that. But that. this past weekend, we had the 7 to 10. Oh, oh that's, that's I was watching that. I was like, this I'll is go early. so great. Give oh, sure. But like realistically. Start the fights at 10 a.m. Eastern. I'll be there. Realistically, 7 to 10 is the prime for us on the East Coast. I'll take it. Could you imagine if you lived on the West Coast and every pay-per-view was 7 to 10? That would be incredible. Imagine if you lived in Hawaii. First, you live in Hawaii, and that's the, that's and the main the card started at 5 p.m. Golly. I mean, that just sounds incredible to me. Uh, Eddie Alvarez tweeting, confirmed two fractures in my left orbital. One was a or one was a refracture. It would have been a thing of beauty to close out the show for the fans. I felt great. This game is wild and unpredictable as can be. It's why I love it. The show goes on. Love you guys. Uh, and uh, David Feldman saying afterwards they'd like to go to Philly, and he'd like to run it back. Uh it doesn't sound like Mike Perry is too keen on that, but maybe, maybe ultimately, you know, uh, they they convince him to do so. He has some big plans. Who is Mike Perry fighting 
next? What do you guys say? God, the Jorge one would be so good. I just don't think – I just don't know if that's going to happen. Robbie Lawler and uh, Bare Knuckle would be I nuts. Think, I think he'll box next. You think so? Yeah. Him versus Darren Till in boxing? Yeah, for that. something like that. That'd be great. Come on, Darren. Do the Bare Knuckle thing. Everyone's doing it. MVP did it. Rockle did it. I get why they're not. On I was going to say, every time I watch that, I can't blame it's anyone brutal, for not doing it. It's like, man. And like the, Mike's face afterward, the swelling, uh, you were yeah. right, had gone down. Yeah. Can we just say, like, we've talked about, obviously, the BMF title, and Kaposa has the all-violence team, and all these things related to MMA fights. In reality, nobody is actually deserving of the king of violence crown oh, other best. than Mike Perry. He is he is the actual king of violence. These other sports don't compare in terms of their brutality and, and the no, violence. Like, no. he is the guy. 100%. It's a great idea, uh, you know. It could, it was, was there any part of you guys that were like, man, could have been, been us in there. the ring? We could have been the oh, guy nice. walking into the ring, holding the gloves, or not holding the gloves, holding the belt, wearing the gloves, the big to-do. Imagine if it was me putting the belt around his waist. I was going to say, well, we would have been up in the rafters cheering, nah, supporting. It would have been, been you walking. It would have been the crew. Could you imagine in. that? There was no part of me that was. No, uh, no. Yeah, I mean, we, we thought PFL finished late, and it would have been tough yeah, to get home yeah, from. I mean, this would have been. This would have been the same. It was, I mean, it was like, it was like nine straight hours of fights that I watched at that point. I was like, all right, you were watching George. How how sad were you about Georgia? Yeah, crushed, man. Was it as crushed. was it was it worse than you had anticipated? Because I I was saying, all right, so we're week, we're on a twenty nine fight losing winning, winning streak, streak, right? Yeah. You know, it feels like you do nothing but win, and then you you win back to back championships, and like you kind of forget what it's like to lose. And, you know, you're favored going into the game, and game kicks off, and they go three and out. We drive right down, like, just like a knife through hot butter, score up 7 nothing. another three and out. It's just like, ah, oh, this <laughs> this might be easy. This might be easy. Then the tables completely turn on you. Then, you. then as the game's going on, you're kind of having to accept, like, this does not look good. We might lose this game. And then when it actually happens, when they get that first down to where they can kneel it from there, it's just like, wow, this really happened. We really lost. Then you just kind of have to watch them celebrate and the whole thing. But the fact uh, at any over. moment you have like a well, actually no, they are playing FSU, which you know Orange Bowl, yeah, it's a big FSU one. also uh, FSU got hosed. Who, who's who's more upset on this Monday, FSU fans or Georgia fans? Oh, FSU fans for sure, because they they sh- theoretically should have been in the playoffs. Sure, we, but you had a chance at history lost. three in a row. Of course, first yeah, time we since lost. I think Minnesota nineteen thirty something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we lost though. We played our way out. Sure, sure. All sure. they did was win. They were thirteen and nine. Uh, true or false? Same amount of losses as Alabama. That is correct. See, these are the reasons why I don't like college football. Same amount of losses you're in there, you're out there in, FSU undefeated. Oh, I saw the guy say, oh, they haven't been playing as well in the last month since losing their quarterback. I mean, what is this? This is not a sport. Sounds like MMA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, I was like, what is this? This is fake stuff. This is not the, a meritocracy. It's, the opinion of it all. It's is, crazy. Uh, you know yeah, where there's no opinion? In the NBA in-season tournament. The Knicks will punch their ticket whether or not... There is an they, opinion. Oh, they punched My their opinion. ticket, and now it's they're getting their, their ticket home. It stinks. It sucks. Uh, no, this will all be null and void. We're going to 12 teams next year. Yeah. Some might say too many teams. You know, you're going from no. too little to too many. No. What were you more upset about? That or Everton 1-0 over Forrest? <laughs> I've, I've honestly become numb to Forrest at this point. It's just like we just put up stinkers every week, it feels like. At home, too. 
I'm saying. I have noticed like, a, a lot less talk about. Uh, well, we have a separate chat. We have a separate chat. Oh yeah, separate chat. Yeah, we've had a separate chat. You want to see it? Tough guy. I don't. We have Frank, a separate chat. Frank's I actually would love in the separate nothing chat. Nothing less. Frank's in the separate chat. He hasn't. He hasn't texted it on it since like <laughs> March of 2022. No, can you? If he did, he would just get the score wrong and think that you won. Uh, you lost yeah. anybody, so. Frank, can you scroll up and see the last time you put in it? Oh, I mean, like it. It has. I, to I had a different phone. Then I'm not even joking. <laughs> that one I, hurt. That one I'm, hurt. Losing to Everton. It, it, it has been dubbed the Helwani Derby. You know, my former club versus my new club, and uh, that one really hurt. Really, really hurt. Yeah, At I home, mean, one nil against those losers. Come on, guys. I went to the I last place. To the spot, the home base. You went to watch it there. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, I mean, I'm, I'm always the only one in the in the Forest jersey, and all the all the bartenders appreciate it. They're just like, "How'd you become a Forest fan?" And I tell them the whole story. And then you still like, wearing oh. that knockoff Forest jersey? Yeah, yeah. You got to yeah, get yeah. a real one. I, mean, I don't got my bread up like that, man. Maybe one day. Well, guys, I do have some breaking news. Oh. Uh, as you know, Forest is playing uh, Fulham on Wednesday in the midst of our show. Uh, and so I would like to uh, cordially invite, extend the invitation to uh, owner Tony Khan to join us for a watch party. Uh, he is, of course, owner of Fulham. On the program, we could watch the game together, uh, just like we did with J.J. Watt, with the Burnley Forest match. I thought that was well-received. So, Tony, if you're out there, uh, let us break bread. Fulham Forest watch party on the show. Last 10 to 15 minutes. I think the people would love it. I think the uh, the audience would love it. And dare I say, I think the world needs it. Uh, a, a Helwani ex-con link up, if you will, watching our beloved soccer clubs or football clubs go toe-to-toe. Wouldn't that be something? Is there some kind of stakes or is it just I mean, bragging definitely. rights? Are we putting something up? I mean, what do you... I don't know. Uh, if, if, if Fulham wins... I show up on the next episode of uh, Collision. Now we're talking. You know, pop the rating. And it, and if Forrest wins, <laughs> he's a regular on the show. Tony Tony segment. It, oh, if 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 Forrest wins, he has to come on the show every month. Is, to no, give a state it of the, the other union. way. If no. Fulham wins. If Fulham wins, I have to appear on his show. If as really? like a, yeah, well, that's the punishment. I appear oh, on this show. Oh, okay. <laughs> see, I lost that. You see, you did a joke and, there, and I lost it. And, <laughs> now and, I'm on the same page. And, uh, Got it. If if Forrest wins, yeah, yeah, yeah. he comes on my show as a regular guest to break all kinds of news each and every month for the Tony Khan State of the Union address. What do you say? What do you say? Yeah, I say yes. That would right. be great. doesn't matter what we say. It's, it's, it's just what, it's what, what Do you think he responds? Be doing. Do you think yeah. he responds? Tweet it at him. Do you think in his well, someone will tweet this? I, I, but there, there's going to be some Fakakta wrestling site. I saw all, they tried to get the uh, Sasha Banks fans to turn on me last week. Didn't work because luckily there were some smart people out there that realized that it was AI and that I didn't actually say those things. <laughs> so appreciate that. But there's going to be some person that's going to cut this up. Uh, you think Tony you, Schiavone will get eyes on it? Well, my question was: Do you think in his response he will tag Tony Schiavone as well? I actually hope so, because then it'll get interesting. Atlanta radio legend, Tony Schiavone. Uh, yeah. when, when does AEW have their next TV? What's what's their uh, Wednesday, day? Friday, Saturday. Wednesday is live? Yes, I think they're uh, all so live. that's too late then. I was hoping that by the next TV, maybe he goes on TV and accepts your challenge, you know? 
Will be but, after the game. Yeah. No, you'd have to do it between now over. and like Wednesday morning. Uh, I think it would be fun. What do you think? I'd enjoy it. I, I would like to bury the hatchet and uh, Forrest plays Fulham and we beat him and uh, everyone's happy. What do you think? I think we've signed off on this like four separate. <laughs> yeah. Does this, does I think this we said yes. Nation extend the, to Shotgun? Uh, no, I, I want the big dog. Okay. I want the big dog. Uh, I want uh, I want TK. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, gents, we're out of time. Thank you so much. God bless. And uh, stay tuned for more on this developing situation. What do you think, Frank? You like it? Yeah, I think this is a solid plan. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Yeah. I'm really doing the nonverbal communication. That is today. I feel like we know each other well enough at this point that even a slight pause would let you know that I am ready to do whatever it is that I am implying with the slide. That's the busiest. (laughs) I'm just misreading things here. (laughs) That is the best. Uh, Shout out to the great Double J. Yeah. Great for drinking. Uh, Perhaps a tequila, perhaps a cappuccino. You can drink a mug full of tequila. (laughs) Just a little sip or holding your pencils. Only if it's hiatus. Yeah. That is the spirit of choice here on the MMAR. Is is tequila a spirit? I know nothing yeah. about this stuff. Is is everything a spirit in that world? No, I mean, like yeah, it, when it comes to liquors, they're all spirits. So, like, is Connor's thing? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, I totally missed that one. Tequila versus Proper 12? I mean, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Hiatus versus we were Proper 12? talking about that back here. Uh, why didn't anyone tell me about it? Whiskey versus tequila. Uh, and we can get Dustin Poirier's bourbon in the mix. What... What's I was better? Sterling's rum in the mix. Oh my god, there's a real spirit war in the world of MMA. What is better, tequila or whiskey? Do you like cacti or do you like cacti? <laughs> I mean, what that's mean? what tequila's made out of. For real? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it, for real. It's so like cacti like, 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 like in Arizona? Agave. Yeah. Wow. That sounds fantastic. Or meat? There's meat in whiskey? No. I said wheat. Oh, wheat. <laughs> What Farley. a day. Mike Perry, Sean Brady, Davidson Figueredo, Misha Tate, Dan Hooker, Armand Sarukin, Michael Chandler, and still the best damn show back on Wednesday. Same time and place until I say peace. I'm out of here.